Hello and welcome to the Feedback Force podcast, the game design analysis podcast of the End Defender community. I'm Kelso. And I'm Kyla. And I'm Carl. Albert. Let's see. We took we took an extra week on this one, I think. Yeah, we took yes. an extra week yeah. on this one. I mean, it was holidays last week. We were yeah. all a little bit <laughs> in the middle of things and I had a Absolutely. friend yeah. friend group Minecraft server going and you I know saw how you it playing is. Minecraft just now. I was like, oh, okay, I was playing Minecraft. That's a new one. <laughs> yeah, we that's, did that's um, always good. We did because it was uh we were supposed to do like a big New Year's party with everybody. Um, because I, I love, you know, my, my family does a big New Year's party, so, like, that's a, a personal tradition. Uh, but then, like, Omicron happened, and we we're like, eh, we've, you know, a lot of people were traveling for Christmas. I don't know if it's really safe for us to do an in-person thing. Uh, so instead, we got together, like, a big group Minecraft server. <laughs> we play, we built some stuff in Minecraft, and then at midnight, we set off in-game fireworks. Oh, that's and it nice. Was, it was very cute. That's a, that's a oh, that that seems like a fun time. I always I like I, I don't know. I I I am enjoying sort of seeing and participating in the emergence of like remote online New Year's traditions, not just because of COVID, but just because of like having internet friends. Like yeah. um something that we have done for several years, like not every single year, but on and off we've done it a few times is um uh my boyfriend and I and one of our friends we will log into um, worlds.com for years, which is an old, um, like, mid-90s sort mm -hmm. of precursor to Second Life type of thing um, with, like, a bunch of different themed worlds. Like, there's a, a David Bowie-themed world, and there's an Animal House-themed world, and um, it's it's just such a, like, bizarre and cool little way to spend your New Year's. But I'm I'm always interested in that sort of, like... What are people doing with their internet friends? What are people doing with, you know, people that they can't physically spend the New Year's with? And man, Minecraft, I mean, Minecraft New Year's, hell yeah. I'm yeah, no, the thing is, like, none of us knew how fireworks worked in uh, in Minecraft. So, like, in the last 10 minutes of the countdown, we were, like, frantically Googling. Like, okay, we need these launchers, and you need to load, like, these stars into the thing, and okay. Yeah, absolutely. Like, I like that kind of stuff like the redstone switches that is all so far beyond me i just have like i built a house out of walks it's a yeah. big house like you know that's that's about as far as my expert i can make a window um yeah we're, we're big in one direction fair um straight down uh never dig, dig straight down um yeah. We are, yeah, we're we're vaguely considering trying to make this the year where we actually beat Minecraft, like get to the end world and fight the dragon and all that. That's a worthy but goal. I've never done that. We'll see. So yeah, I feel like that's a like low key bucket list thing. Have have beaten Minecraft at some point for me. Yeah, I agree. I that's one of those things that I think about, but like, eh. I don't know. It's it's more fun with friends, and I don't think I like could wrangle enough people to <laughs> to play Minecraft with me. So yeah, fair enough. Um, before we get more into what folks did over break, uh, PSA: This is Games Done Quick week. So if you're listening to this within the first uh, week that it came out, um, then there is 
awesome games done quick going on over at twitch.tv slash games done quick and you should check it out because it looks like an awesome lineup this year i am excited um you're excited for there's a the on the last day there's gonna be a two-hour uh sekiro blindfolded run oh god you were telling me about this before oh man yeah that's gonna be nuts yeah so yeah there's a pokemon randomizer there's uh hades all weapons run there's like there's a lot of cool stuff uh anyway so just saying you know it's for a good cause and it's a good time i literally took the week off work so i could watch speedruns hell yeah that's the way to do it man I had some extra vacation days, so I'm like, screw it. This is a thing I quote unquote celebrate. So yeah, <laughs> I'll take the yeah, time off. As well, it's like um... all my travel plans have been canceled because of COVID. <laughs> I might as well use up the time. Yeah, and we're in that time of year where we're now like, I don't remember exactly what date. It's somewhere in January, but like statistically, you're farthest away from all of the holidays. And it's like, oh, this sucks. No holidays coming up. Just make up your own holiday. Just pick a thing to celebrate. GDQ, yep. why not? Yeah. Exactly. I'm into it. Um, but yeah, so that's uh, that's going on now. Uh, as for over break, I have started playing Hades. And I've played so much Hades in the past few weeks. I'm like 40-some hours in, just like since Christmas. Um. You know, I know I'm, like, several years late to this party, but it's a good game. I don't think you're, like, that late to the party. Uh, when did Hades come out? Hades video game. I feel like the big zeitgeist around Hades was only, like, it within the past year. I Maybe. don't think that's actually true. I have it, no idea, man. Time out, is all fucked up. Yeah, it came out in December 2018, which means no, it's a little over three years that, old. That is wrong, I think, because I think that's early access release. Oh, maybe. Um, I think it came out 2020. Oh, you're right. Okay. Uh, let's see. Oh, well, sorry. The... I'm looking at I'm looking at it now on the on the wiki. Hang on. Date. Da- release Mac OS Windows Switch in September 2020. You're right. Okay. I guess, yeah, I guess you're right. It just, I guess it was just in early access for so long, it feels like it was around a really long time. I, uh, and I mean, that's the thing. It's like, I, I, it's not the kind of game I would play, so I had not heard about it until it really, until it really hit the cultural zeitgeist. Um, I don't, let's see, what that's what, Supergiant, right? They also made like, Bastion. Uh, Bastion. See, that's the thing, man. I everybody loves Bastion, and I could not even get into Bastion. So I have like not played a single one of their games to completion. Yeah, um, I mean, Bastion is the other one they're really well known for. They had two games in between, um, Pyre Transistor. and Transistor. Transistor. Yeah. yeah, I hated Transistor. <laughs> really? Um, but yeah, like I, I mean, Bastion though. Yeah, Bastion and Hades are the two that kind of got big. Um. And, you know, I see why Hades got big. It's it's like Bastion, but it's a little more, like, sort of fast-paced in terms of the, the combat. Um, and it's got, like, it's got a cool, the roguelike narrative 
set structure is kind of neat because each time you you know die and respawn like there's new things to talk about with the characters and like it it advances the story and like getting you have to like beat the game a certain number of times to advance the story to actually complete it and you know it's it's uh they solve the problems that I, you know, the things that I don't like about roguelikes really well with, you know, every time you go, you collect resources. And so gradually as you go, um, you start, you know, you can make yourself better and better and you can make your weapons better and better. But then past a certain point, like you stop having reasonable gain and then there's a way to make the game harder for yourself so you can continue to keep getting better and better. And like, that's, it's kind of a neat structure. It's uh, it's well made. Yeah, I've heard that it that it does the the roguelike framework really well. Um, also, it's it's got characters that you want to fuck, and I think yep. that goes a really long way. Um. <laughs> yep, <laughs> they're very attractive uh, romance options. Uh, also, there's a real cute Medusa head in the lounge. Uh, she's I don't think actually romanceable, but she's very sweet. Um, her name is Dusa. I feel like, yeah, I feel like historically, and like based on the mythology around Medusa, not because of the the um, turning you into stone, but because of her backstory, not one that you would want to romance yeah. or make I romanceable. I think I don't know if she's literally the Medusa. She's literally just a head with snakes, uh, like uh, a floating head. So, okay, maybe she's very cute though. She's <laughs> I like... mean, I don't think you should take. Hades as a history lesson. No, I mean probably not. Yeah, probably not. You're you're right. <laughs> um, although they, you know, they do try and make a lot of references to like Greek mythology and stuff, but you know, they put their own spin on it. It's kind of hilarious because it, in some ways, it's like very serious in tone. Like it has this very dramatic art style. And then you've got, like, the main character, Zagreus, who's like, you can't tell me what to do, dad! <laughs> you know, like, it's it's uh, very kind of self-aware in some ways, and, and like, quite funny. Um, it's a little tongue-in-cheek in a way that I appreciate, so. How about y'all? What have you been playing and watching and doing over break? Uh, whatever. What? Just question. house stuff? Has it has break been entirely house stuff for you? I mean, not like entire. Like I know I've been playing games. I just can't think of what I've been playing. A lot of house stuff. Yeah. Um. Just like cleaning and buying stuff. And I whitewashed the fireplace. We have a fireplace, and I whitewashed it so that it looks a little bit not not so much like just really dark brick in the middle of the room. Um, okay. Let's Do you see. plan on actually like using it actively? No. Um I mean we could it's it's a wood burning fireplace, which is like kind of annoying because then like, you gotta get firewood, you gotta make sure that it's cleaned out. And we yep. did not have that inspected. Um but it's just like it I feel like it doesn't get cold enough here to warrant needing mm -hmm. a fireplace, really. Um, which is surprising because like so many houses that we looked at it was like, oh, here's the fireplace. Why do you need a fireplace? Like it snowed here. Yes, uh, and you may have heard the news about people um, like stuck on the interstate for a full 24 hours, but that was way far north of here. Um, it snowed here on the coast, and it did not stick at all. <laughs> um, so, yeah, 
it's I don't know I don't I don't understand the fireplace unless that's just kind of a holdover of I don't know su suburban like ranch house aesthetic I, uh, yeah but... I kind of think like a, in in Seattle especially like that's it's sort of you know like oh it's classy to have a fireplace so let's have a fireplace it's like oh it's classier to have like things you can use in your house and not this like weird decorative part of the architecture at this point. And it's it's a big um it it has been a big pet peeve for both of us because you know the thing is like okay if you've got a fireplace and it's kind of like central on a wall in your living room probably most likely. Yep. So the 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 idea and what a lot of people do is okay we're going to put the TV above the fireplace but don't put your TV above the fireplace. That's not a good viewing angle. You're going to end up with a sad neck, and it's just not going to be great. So yeah, we, we we put our TV in front of our fireplace, completely yeah. blocking the view of the fireplace. Yeah, see, that works. That works just fine. Um, yeah, I, I just, uh, yeah, I'm not a fan of the put the TV over the fireplace thing. Um, it depends on extra it. long legs on your sofa. <laughs> you got to like a little staircase up <laughs> to it. stairs. <laughs> The stairs or a ladder or something. Oh. I mean, that would be like obstacle course house. I'm thinking about that now. What if you just designed your entire entire living space as an obstacle course? What like you got to climb have... a ladder to get on the couch to to watch a TV show. Ah, uh, you left the remote down on the coffee table, which is not at the same height. You got to climb back down. What if you have a um a sunken living room? with your fireplace in it, but then you put the couch like outside of the sunken living room on the normal level. Now I'm just thinking about conversation pits. I do love a conversation pit. That's such a that's such a like interesting uh like piece of architecture that was apparently like real popular for a hot minute and then disappeared. Yeah. And they uh I I did start. I I never I didn't finish it. I have not like gotten to a point where it really clicked with me. But I started playing Deathloop a while back, um, mm -hmm. and one of the like first buildings you go into is just like this beautiful, beautiful like nineteen sixties kind of mod architecture. And there's a big, big, beautiful conversation pit. And I saw that in my heart. Did a little skipped a little beat there. Ah, love it. Love a conversation pit. Bring them back. Bring them back, boys. Um, yeah. Yep. This is our guess, architecture podcast. Yeah, I guess like it was just like it's a it's a needless stair in your house that like you can trip over and that like people with mobility difficulties will have trouble with. Um, so maybe that's the why it didn't stick around. The fact yeah, that you I have to it. like erase the floor. Yeah, it's probably not in your entire building. Yeah, or like dig dig down deeper if that's how you're gonna do it and also i feel like vacuuming in there um or like vacuuming or however you want to clean it is going to be just a problem imagine imagine uh a roomba in a house with a conversation pit yeah fair. that's like that's like an indiana jones level trap for the it's, roomba depending on the type of vacuum cleaner you have it might be tough to clean like the uprights like the edge of the pit is but speaking of cool architecture stuff, did you see that, like, uh, the first 3D printed house in the U.S. like exists what? now? Oh, I gotta look for this now. Um, Habitat for Humanity did a thing where they 
basically um they, there's a 3d printer that runs on concrete so they just like 3d print a concrete house and well, it takes okay, like yeah, it only it. takes like 12 hours to build the house huh so i've seen al oh, williamsburg that's actually not too far from me um i've i've seen i saw like there, if you if you Google like this concept with the the cement that it just kind of three D prints, I saw something similar on a TV show like years and years ago, where it was just the 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 concrete extruder was like on a a single arm and it just went in a circle, so you end up with a basically like a three D printed round house. But I'm pretty sure that was just like a prototype. Um, this yeah. looks much nicer than that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> actually, this looks quite nice. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, and it's, I mean, you know, in labor costs alone, I imagine it must, uh, it must save a lot of money. Absolutely. Um, yeah, so it's it's not the first one ever made, It's but it is the first one in the U.S. Um, and, uh, I don't know, it's pretty neat. It's got a very, like, distinctive, like, wall texture, because you can sort of see the little rows the layers in which everything was 3D printed. It's like like when you 3D print something in plastic. Yeah, I think I think it looks cool. I can imagine that it'll be like a nightmare to keep dust and crap from accumulating in there, but I I think it still looks cool. Yeah. You can power wash it. Get in yeah. there with the pressure washer. I don't know. I'm excited for this technology. It's uh it's a cool concept and hopefully it, you know, leads to some some good quality cheap housing. Yeah, man, we really gotta we really gotta fix the the housing shortage that is happening. Um, yep. Yeah, that's a yeah. Whole, that's a whole thing. Anyway, God. how about yeah. you, Carl? Did you do anything interesting for the holidays? Um, no, not really. Played some games, you know. Enjoyed my holiday. Oh, we did the our yearly. We do a big Ocarina of Time randomizer, multi-world, with lots of people Ooh. for Christmas. That sounds fun. It is. Until you're like 10 hours in and you just want it to end, but... <laughs> yeah. Until you're 10 hours in and you open that boss chest and it's like a blue rupee. Oh. Yeah. You're like, come on! I just need the mirror. I just need the mirror. <laughs> no, sorry, that, that's a uh, link to the past. Yeah, uh, same general principle, though. Yeah. Very cool. That's a neat holiday tradition. I am like enthused by that. <laughs> yeah, that's a good one. Any, All right. any highlights from the, the Ocarina of Time randomizer? Any, any like, oh, oh, damn moments? No, not really. Yeah, just a I lot got of stuck really moments. early. Oh, boo. Did that mean you had better luck later on, though? No. <laughs> no, just bad luck all the time. Do you do it as, like, a like a race type thing to like see who finishes first or no we do co-op yeah so okay. like we have each other's items yeah okay nice 
So was it was it someone else, the weak link on your team, who was supposed to be finding all your stuff and like completely failed to get what I mean, you needed? I wouldn't call it the weak link, but yeah. Carl's <laughs> teammates let him down. Hmm. That's all right. That's cool. Uh, all right. Well, shall we talk about the one thing that we all did over break? Yeah, we can do that. Yeah, we played Solar Ash by Heart Machine. Yeah. It was published by Annapurna, as everything Yet is. Yet another published by Annapurna. Yep. I mean, as as everything cool is, I don't know, like, <laughs> I'm still on the, like, everything I play from their, like, their catalog is at least, like, intriguing, if nothing else. Yeah. Let me see. I just want to, like, look at the whole list of games. Um, yeah. This is this yeah. is not making for good podcasts. Yeah, I should not. I should I'm not have pulled this up. Well, oh read them, god! Read them aloud if you're going. If you're going um, to do it, I'm just I'm just going to do the highlights of like here's some games that I have either really liked or have been looking forward to. Stray, um, Solar Ash, which we just played. Uh, the Artful Escape. I know you mentioned this one to me, Kyla. It looks cool. Um, Twelve Minutes is one that I've been wanting to play. Uh, Pathless is supposed to be pretty good. Unfinished Swan is supposed to be good. Obviously, Kentucky Route Zero. Watam, Sayonara Wild Hearts, Journey, Outer Wilds, uh, Donut County, Goragoa, Edith Finch, Flower. I know that's 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 a favorite of yours, Kyla, yeah. right? Flower uh, or is that? Uh, no, Journey is definitely like. Okay. I actually yeah. have not played Flower, um, I but I, it was made by people like from my program, though. So. Oh okay. Yeah, just a lot of a lot of good games. Um, yeah, and I mean like. I don't know. Like a lot of those, they didn't, you know, um, like originally fund and publish, but they they've funded like remakes and stuff, um, or you know, re-releases or ports or things. But you know, like it, they have a very good instinct for like cool artsy indie game stuff, uh, which I I appreciate. But anyway, yeah, this is another one. Um, Solar Ash is like, um. Jet Set Radio meets Shadow of the Colossus by way of the visuals of Sayonara Wild Hearts. And Evangelion. Yeah, it's... With a little bit of Mario Galaxy thrown in there for good measure. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> yeah. yeah, just a really a game that um, does does great things with its, with its influences. Yeah, um, it's funny because it's like so many games that I've played and yet individually not like any game i've played because yeah. of the specific like weird combination of things uh and i really appreciate that yeah this is one where i i was not like immediately charmed i thought it looked cool but like i was playing it and i was like oh, man this movement just doesn't like the movement didn't feel the way i had hoped it would feel just from watching footage of it um but i really did like i i settled into it and I think I think like later on in the game when it gets when the platforming gets more demanding is when it really started to feel great to me. Yeah, um, well, it it definitely like you have to get to the point where you hit the flow state that they want you to hit. And once you get to that flow state like the boss fights feel like butter. It's it's real interesting. Like I wasn't even mad that I kept failing it over and over. 
that's not entirely true. Um, the beginning of that giant, uh, like, eyeball round fight, uh, doing that over and over sucked. But, um, uh, oh. yeah. I hope you have any idea of what, like, the stories and the characters, because I have no idea. I do. Um, and so here's the thing about the story. Um, I spent like the first 80% ish or more of the game going like, this really should have been like Hyperlight Drifter, where they just did it without any text or vocals and like, you know, have it be slightly abstract and have you come to your own conclusions. Um, because, like, there's no reason that it should be this much just, like, exposition text walls and, you know, like, it doesn't need to be voiced and it kind of, like, uh, you know, it, it could it could benefit from some of the mystique that Hyperlight had uh, in that way. But I really like how it all came together at the ending. In the end, like, I'm I'm really impressed with the the end stuff. And I'm sort of mad about it, <laughs> right? Like, I'm mad about how much <laughs> yeah. I like it. Because I wish that. I wouldn't they... <laughs> say it finished very strong for me. Yeah, 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 absolutely. I, yeah, I, I can't say that I disagree with the sentiment of yeah, this really didn't need as much story. And I will say, like, Ray was a little chatty for my tastes. Yeah. Um, just it, especially in a game like this, um, mm -hmm. which is in a lot of ways, you know, about isolation and uh, about reflection. Um, but yeah, I'll be damned if that payoff at the end wasn't wasn't pretty great. Yeah, um, it's, yeah, no, it's and a, I mean it's, it's a fine line to walk. <laughs> yeah, for what it's worth, and we, you know, like fair warning, we're gonna spoil this game. For what it's worth, I think it's a game that's absolutely still worth playing after spoilers because it's very much like about the feel of the game and not the the story of the game. Um, but yeah, so you've been warned. Um, I mean, it is a game of, that's a metaphor for trauma, and I kind of feel like, to some extent, you know, what isn't these days? We we're, we're all traumatized lately, so why not make art about it? Um, but you know, it it does it in a way that feels organic within the game, right? Like the premise is, you know, you're going through trying to like defeat these giant Shadow of the Colossus style monsters in an effort to um you know cause a thing to happen uh and you somewhat gradually uh become informed over the course of the game that like this is not the first time you've done this that you are like trapped in some sort of horrible time loop and you just don't remember and there's like a version of you that is like watching from outside the time loop that is like please stop please stop you need to stop dwelling on this and move the fuck on with your life. And so the there is a good ending and a bad ending, and the bad ending is you don't move the fuck on, and the good ending is you do. Um, but on a on a like, you know, strict diegetic level, it's the idea is that you are part of a group of people called Void Runners um, who found this like ancient alien technology, and your um, your planet is being pulled into a giant black hole called the Ultra Void, and no one on the planet can, like, decide 
like it what if anything should be done about this so the void runners take it into their own hands to use this unknown alien technology to try and like collapse the black hole and save the planet um but yeah you learn at the end that like the technology does not actually do the thing you think it does it just like loops time <laughs> that's like its whole thing so actually you need to destroy this thing and not set it off as you've been planning to do I just realized one thing. Yeah. You learn that it it doesn't destroy it, it just loops from echo, right? Yeah. But what why doesn't Echo just tell you this from the start? She should. Um but you know, I don't know. I get the impression that like even if she did, your character wouldn't listen because she's not very in the uh in the mood to take anything you say seriously or learn yeah. to, to take anything echo says seriously ray ray is very hopeful she is very ready to you know be a part of the group that is going to solve all the problems and also i mean i guess i guess there is the idea that echo has been you know trapped in this loop and witnessing these events play out over and over and over and over again you know presumably at some point at the beginning of the loop she just did say, hey, you've done this before, knock it off, it's not gonna end well, and Ray said, uh, fuck you, and flipped her the double birds, and then, like, did a cool backflip, um, back, you know, onto the planet, or whatever, yeah. uh, <laughs> and, and, she... and, oh, go ahead. Yeah, and she does kind of say that, it, like, in early, in one of the times when you talk to her, she says something to the effect of, like, you always do this, <laughs> so, <laughs> you know. And presumably also Echo is like, it is implied that she is in pain. Yeah. Um, and probably very tired for being, you know, a, a, a deathless being outside of time and space who just has to um, watch this tragedy unfold for infinity. Yeah. So, so for, what it's, for what it's worth, you are like this tiny little black smoke skater creature and Echo is like this giant white dismembered version of you basically <laughs> who like holds you in the palm of her hand between levels and then crushes you um, and is impaled by a spear which is very reminiscent of the the um the piece of alien tech the star seed is what it's called yeah which is like a giant like, like a big spear thing that has been embedded in the planet basically and i think there's like a star inside of the thing and like you i don't know i'm sure there's some like hand wavy sci-fi almost yeah. science basis for what it is and what it does but it's never really explained um it just looks cool yeah i mean they don't big. get uh... and that's all you really need they don't get that into like how it actually works. I think it functions stronger as a metaphor than it does as like a piece of sci-fi tech. Um, yeah, because probably. you when you like um, when you so there's like you know there there were a bunch of people who came to this place to try and help um, and like solve this problem and activate the starseed with you like the void runners were a crew and all the rest of the crew died and you find their like um stories throughout uh by like finding their little secret hidden stashes and stuff and they i think they all kind of and i'm just kind of like 
realizing this now, so my this might be a little half-baked as analysis goes. Um, but I think they're kind of each individually a metaphor for how people like deal with trauma, right? Because the idea is you're stuck in a cycle, right? You're reliving this trauma of losing your planet over and over, and you can't let go of the idea that if you just had done something differently, you could have fixed it, right? That's the central metaphor of the of the game. And like each of the different Void Runners has sort of a different view of what the starseed means to them. Like, oh, like it's a piece of, um, you know, technology that, um, you know, maybe we were like, it, that's like of, of interesting, you know, social implication and historical implication or like, oh, this is, uh, you know, this is some kind of like religious artifact that like we were fated to find. And so, like, each of them sort of approaches, like, how they would deal with the trauma a little bit differently. Like, there's, I think there's the one character who kind of, like, turns to God, as it were. Um, you know, like, I, I believe that this was, like, sent to us, that, you know, we can speak to it. It's, like, destined for us to find. Um, there's a character who, even though it's not in his, it's not very much in his logs, he's kind of like a, a druggie a little bit. Like they mentioned that he like they find all of this his like vape supplies uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> around all of his stashes, um, you know. So he's he seems to be kind of like numbing himself a little bit. Uh, I did find I found I found the wiki for the game. I so I have a list of all the um, all the void runners and a little background on them if we want to talk about them later. Yeah, there's there's like an old man who's just kind of old man and his dog a la Kentucky Route Zero, who's yeah. just kind of like fatalistic about the whole thing. Um Yeah, so I don't know. I'm I'm gonna go with uh, on on first blush analysis, the different void runners are sort of different views on on people coping with with something traumatic. But yeah, you can read off uh, who they all are. You like? Oh yeah, do I'm gonna do that now? Sure, why not? Um, yeah, so our our main character is Ray. She is apparently uh, the the newest recruit of the Void Runners. Um, I'm just I'm trying to like get to the important parts of each character. Yeah, they're all they're all different aliens, by the way. Like each one is like a different alien species, so they're not all like smoke people like you are. Yeah, but you and you you kind of you see them sort of as like. I don't know little hologram versions of, like they're they they get like kind of trapped in the temporal loop and you kind of see flickers of them throughout mm -hmm. um and they're all kind of inscrutable looking so irving is the uh the old man war veteran brought his dog along um really i don't know pretty like a matter of fact kind of old man not super trusting of technology um verse is the youngest one versus the one who was like really pissed off about yeah. how like we had all this time and no one on the planet could figure out what to do and now we're here to try to pick up the pieces like kind of a hothead um yep. and and definitely you know definitely pissed off about the situation um gozam who was kind of the the leader uh was described i think by ray as like apparent to all of them he's um, the like tech genius one right like the one who's like wanted to find a ship and fix it or something yeah yeah yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, Payette was the, the really religious one who, mm -hmm. it, it's, I don't know, I, I, it seemed like he was kind of 
like, okay, well, we're going to, we're going to blow this thing up or we're going to like perpetuate the cycle of, you know, the cycle, yeah. um, which, but it was kind of, it was difficult for me to sort of parse that from his logs. Um, but it, yeah, it seemed like he uh, had his own kind of weird religious motives. And then Tufty is the, um, the researcher very much like the scholar in the intellectual books, one yeah just study yes so and i think tufty yeah tufty um created sid sid is your your ai that you are sort of working on activating throughout mm -hmm. throughout the game um and and sid is a i guess female-ish um like robot not robot ai hologram yeah. who you know, helps you it, fast travel and like to, yeah, do your menu fast stuff travel and and shop and change the uh change your costume etc yeah if you find all the void runner caches for any particular void runner you get their costume and each costume has different mechanical effects uh which was kind of cool i i really enjoyed using some of those like i early on i used the one that gave me double blood and that way or or plasma or whatever they call it um and that way you can always immediately get the next uh shield cell whenever your old one breaks yeah every yeah every time you you um encounter echo after defeating a boss she like crushes you in her hand and that destroys one of your shield modules which is like your health so i think yeah, you have health. a maximum of five so you can take five hits before you die mm -hmm. um so if she crushes one of them so you're down to four, but if you spend plasma, then you it makes a new one. It's yeah. it's it's a mechanic that exists in the game. Yeah, and I mean plasma is basically just there to be a thing to collect. Like it's mm -hmm. it's scattered all over the world, and like you you run into a ton of it by default, and it's it's basically there to to have something to reward you with. Um, yeah, they can... it's not even finite. Every time you boot the game back up, all of the all of the plasma that you previously collected has respawned. Except yeah. for the crystals. Yeah, the crystals don't respawn, but yeah, like I think even if you just leave an area and come back to it, um it uh Probably. it respawns. Yeah. Um and it's you know, so it's it's there to so you feel good about like finding the secret like crystal stashes and they can use like little trails of plasma to lead you towards places, which they do all the time, which yeah. is like really appreciated because it it can be really easy to get lost in some of these spaces. Absolutely. Uh, I, I that is one thing that I really appreciated about this game is how good it is at queuing. Um, yeah. Like everything that you can use to sort of traverse is pretty pretty visible even from a distance. It stands out with like a different color or a specific shape. Um, the the plasma blobs lead you there. Um, the rails that you can grind on are clearly visible. Like it it. It work like it fits organically into the world, but it is also immediately obvious of I can I can interact with that and I can yep. use that to get somewhere. It's really well done. Yeah, the spaces are are very cool, and they're all I so I, we've talked before about the fact that I really love surrealism in games, and this is like the perfect level of surrealism where the spaces are like readable but also very strange in very cool ways. Like, oh, you have to, to get to this part, you have to, like, skate up this cloud mountain and then drop through a well onto the other side of the clouds. And it's like, whoa, what the fuck is going on? This is rad. Yeah. And the way that the way that it sort of plays with gravity at times um, really, 
really cool and like effective as just kind of set piece moments in a lot of yeah. places. Yeah, and so because the, the idea is that you're like in a black hole, so gravity is kind of whatever, um, and like you see a lot of these places in like mid or post destruction. So like there's this area where there's this like little planetoid that's raining lava down onto the main area and the way you get up to the little planetoid is there's this giant tower that's like in fragmented pieces like leading up towards the the planetoid and you have to like jump from fragment to fragment and it's just really cool i am i am a big fan of the aesthetics of this yeah, game should we, should we talk about movement since we're talking sure about yeah universal so the I guess the main way you're going to get around is by skating, um, which it's it's just a, a you don't have to yeah you don't have to yeah. you can walk but it's basically you like your sprint yeah why why would you walk when there's no penalty for skating all of the time and it yeah. makes you go a lot faster so you've got the skate yeah. you've got sort of a um, a dash you've got a double jump um, which you know you can chain your dash and your double jump to get across like really really surprisingly wide gaps and it feels really mm -hmm. cool when you get across a gap that you're not sure you can get across yeah. um i don't know how many times i fell down because i thought i could dash midair yeah that is yeah. that is the the problem is that you can't dash midair and that was one thing that was throwing me off i guess one game that i've been playing is um blue fire i think i don't know if i mentioned it on the podcast but i have mentioned it at some point that i saw in a youtube video there's this guy on youtube iron pineapple shout out who plays um mostly just like really bad souls like ripoff games but this one game that he played was called blue fire which is like it's got the the ui of a souls game and basically nothing else like it's a <laughs> zelda platformer but one of the things that it has is a dash and you can dash in midair and i had been playing that and then i switched to solar ash and it really fucked me up because I was expecting to be able to dash in midair, but I couldn't. Nope. Um, so yeah, I feel that pain. Um, yeah, I did. I did spend like the first half hour or so, like reconfiguring the controls until they were on the buttons that felt correct to me. Where I'm like, no, jump should be idea. here. Oh, and so one, the last movement mechanic you didn't mention is uh, grapple. You got the you grapple, and you got um, I forget what it's called, time slip. Oh, yes. Yeah, you can that, slow down um, time a little. It slows down time, and it also increases your grapple range, yeah. Yeah. And that's it. That's all you get. Which yep. is, it's kind of refreshing that they don't keep tacking mechanics onto you. They just keep adding different ways to traverse to the environment. I prefer yep. that. Yeah, honestly. and you have, all, you have all that stuff right up front. Like, they teach mm -hmm. you how to use all of it in the, um, in the opening. Oh, you, uh, I guess, yeah, you said dash. You, uh, the boost, mm -hmm. right, is the dash? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess it's called boost. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, I I forgot that I had the boost, um, and I kept dying against the first boss over and over. And I'm like, how come I'm like making this sometimes and not making this sometimes? This seems like a really really tight window. And then I like accidentally hit the trigger button. And I'm like, oh right, I have a dash. There you go. Um, but yeah, so the. Uh... Yeah, I spent a lot of time reconfiguring the controls until I got I got it. I think I ended up with it in almost exactly Kingdom Hearts controls, but not quite. Uh, <laughs> I'm like, it. okay, yeah. this feels this feels like where I expect the jump to be and where I expect the dash to be, and like I put the grapple on uh, one of the triggers, I think, because like that felt natural to me. 
-hmm. And it's so the the basic gist of the game is that there are a bunch of different like areas that these like cool, weird cloud, bizarre gravity uh, areas of this ultra void. And you go through each one um, finding there's this black ooze over everything. And you have to find the places where it has eyes in it and stab the eyes. And when you stabbed all the eyes, it will awaken like the giant Shadow of the Colossus style guardian of that region. And then you have to do a Shadow of the Colossus. You have to like jump up on the thing and ride around on the thing. And a series of like needles and grapple points will appear on the creature. And you have to get to each successive one within a certain amount of time in order to like reset the timer. Uh, and so you have to, you basically have to just be moving on this thing in like a constant, very like elegant flow state sort of, sort of sequence, yeah, which is it, pretty it's cool. Like, it's like if Shadow of the Colossus was fast. Mm -hmm. So speaking of Shadow of the Colossus, are we like, I feel like Shadow of the Colossus really, um, really set the genre of here's a big thing and you're small and you got to fight it to always be ah oh, but you actually shouldn't be killing the big things because like I mean that... I made that assumption going into it so did uh, I where I'm like, like the, is this the... going to be is this going to be a like I shouldn't be killing these because they seem pretty evil <laughs> like they look pretty evil well that's the thing like the first one the first like the first two that you fight they're just like big kind of flying swimming like wormy fish things and I was like, okay, this thing is just, like, swimming around in a circle on these clouds. Mm -hmm. It's not, like, doing anything. Yeah. Um. So, okay, yeah, sure, that's fine. Later on, there are ones that will, like, actually actively try to attack you. Mm -hmm. Um. But then, but then there's one that you, that you keep, you know, attacking, and they've got the three-phase, you know, Zelda boss fight. You gotta, you gotta do the traversal and the, you know, the time thing like three times for each of the bosses. Um, but there, there's one boss that you fight where Ray just keeps saying, I think it's scared. Yeah. It seems yeah. afraid. And then there's another one. It's like, I think it's in pain. I'm like, well, stop. Stop doing that. Like, yeah. you're, you're hurting the poor thing. Yeah. Um, no, and I mean, the, the reveal at the end is, these are called remnants, and they are all, like, literally parts of you uh, from a past loop. <laughs> um. So, like, at the end of, if you choose the bad ending, and, like, also if you choose the good ending, uh, but you you become one of these giant, like, remnant monsters, black ooze monsters. Um, but, yeah, so, you know, they are, they are tortured and in pain because they are you from previous loops who couldn't succeed and is, like, I don't know, upset about it. But mm. they... You know, yeah. so, like, arguably you should be fighting them because, like, they are your past failures. Um, but also they're you, so maybe you should, like, chill the fuck out. Also, it's hard to beat the game without killing them. Yeah. 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 I mean, that's, that's, that's the rub, right? You gotta fight the boss, even if it's maybe not the best thing to do to, like, yeah. you know, narratively. That, that is a great thing that they say if you, if you pick the good ending... Um, you know, you're saying like, 
she became a you know she became a monster i have to put her out of her misery and sid says why do you have to put her out of her misery when you could pull her out of her misery and it's like yeah. oh yeah great good line <laughs> real good yeah, yeah it's the point of the game cool yep um but you know it's nice that they just like said it instead of being like yeah you do just have to put it out of its misery um, yeah the so the last boss is you but it's like the final incarnation of ray and you play the last fight as Echo, which is really cool. Where she's like, holy shit, she like finally wised up and ended the loop, and like I'm back now. Um, and you have to, the thing you do for her is uh, you, she, the, the, the giant version of Rey has the starseed like impaled in her the way that Echo did, and so you have to like take the starseed out and like stop it from actively hurting her, basically. <laughs> And then, and then I guess you kind of recombine yeah. Ray and Echo, sort of all of her fragmented, um, the parts of her personality. Yeah, and then I guess you're trapped forever in the Ultra Void. <laughs> like that's how her story ends. Which, like, I, there are yeah. other people in the Ultra Vo Ultra Void. Technically, they're mostly like traumatized by their own shit. Um, <laughs> but you know, you're not a hundred percent alone. Yeah, it's like, what else does Sid say? You know, there's not much here, but there is potential. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. I could go, I could hang out in the mushroom zone with Arik. Yeah. Write bad poetry. That would be fine. Occasionally he talk to like... the little crab man. Yeah. Ah, the crab man. I felt like I felt the crab man. What a tragic figure. Anyway, yeah, we can get into... Yeah, we should. Um... Yeah, so there's side characters throughout the area. There's, uh, I guess, three of them that you uh, that you like. Um, you know, there's an optional, basically, like side story where if you find them in all their hidden locations, um, you can, you know, you sort of see how their story ends up. The first one is like a little cat person who um, her husband disappeared, and so she's like searching for him, and she's kind of. Um, a little bit delirious like there's some implication that these people are maybe also somehow stuck in or affected by the time loop it's kind of unclear um but yeah you you find uh you find her in a bunch of different places and i don't know i don't even really remember how her story ended i think she you find her in the like actual grave of all her people and like realizing understanding that her husband is dead and not just missing mm -hmm. yeah you find yeah and she sort of like has to come to terms with that um there's also a character that you never meet because they're dead but you see them through um pages of their journal tarragon oh, danderpaws yeah um <laughs> who um like like the previous was another another little cat person named veruki yeah that called. sounds right um and Tarragon Danderpaws just kind of went around exploring all of the fragmented... Because what happens is, you know, if a planet is sucked into the Ultra Void, it doesn't necessarily get destroyed completely. Sometimes there are pieces of it that remain, mm -hmm. um, and people that remain within them. Um, so Tarragon Danderpaws just kind of explored around and eventually met up with um, another character that we mentioned, Arik, who is of, of a race of, like, hive mind mushroom people that are native actually to the ultra void yep. um and and tarragon danderpaws like uh basically willingly sort of 
became part of the hive um, mind. Yeah, yeah, like underwent a ritual to sort of go back to the earth, which mm -hmm. and you find you find her body and she's sort of like covered in mushrooms, but she's like, Yep, I I did this willingly. I want to go to the eternal garden. That's like the mm -hmm. the religion of the the mushroom people is sort of anyone who dies within the um the ultra void has a place in their afterlife they call it the eternal garden yeah i mean afterlife nice. is kind of a it feels kind of misleading because like it's implied like you talk to some of their dead um and there's like they're still around and able to communicate with each other i feel like that's like a special case though because they are like the elders of yeah of so the, the race yeah and the idea so, is like each, each new yeah. like mushroom person like there's like a chosen one who will become a new elder by like dying, but that like they do consult with like the mycelium network, right? Like the the elders are like, oh, let me just like ask around and see if anyone else has like heard about your situation, and mm -hmm. they, uh, you know, so they're able to talk to the network. So presumably they they know who all is in the network and like they understand the premise of it. Yeah. So they are sort of like the voices to the like the gateways to the that afterlife, as it were. Mm -hmm. Um. So yeah, there's Lyris, the sad cat lady, and her dead husband, um, Tarragon Danderpaws, who you find her journal pages. Um, Arik, who is uh, a part of the mushroom race, and his job is to like tend the gardens, um, and he's he's at the point in his life cycle where he will have to die and there's a little egg that is you know his replacement that will be born to tend the garden but he's reluctant to you know to move forward to whatever the next phase is for him yeah and kind of having a, a crisis of you know am i ready for this um facing a lot of anxiety about it and eventually you know you consult all of the elders and they basically say you know you could but you're not ready so yeah just, they're like know, if you're not ready keep just keep, and... keep doing your shit like come when you're ready it's yeah um but i think they 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 phrase it in a different way because that sort of sends him into like a a, a like crisis of self um yeah. i think what they say is like your purpose hasn't been completed yet yeah so he's like oh god what is my purpose um yeah Arik is also like a super anxious and um awkward like every time you converse with him he's like are you leaving yet you yeah be going um i feel for Arik. <laughs> yeah and then the last one is the crab guy what's the name of the crab guy oh god what is i i can't remember his name i remember the name of his ship the ucalagon uh uh oh gosh you could talk about no him idea. i'll see if i can find his name yeah, yeah i'll see if so i can he's, find his name yeah he was the um he was the like general of some kind of like race of crustacean people, um, <clears throat> and I guess they have like they follow like they're called like the prime citizen or something like that. Some kind of like the first citizen, the yeah. first citizen, yeah, some kind of glorious leader that they all believe is infallible. Um, and there were a bunch of rescue squads that uh, went around the place uh, looking for the first citizen in the ultra void. And you have to go and find what happened to each of these rescue squads. Obviously, they all perished in a bunch of, in a different, like, comedic and but very violent ways, which was a little weird. Um, and then 
like the end of that story is that like the the crustacean finds the first citizen and he's like uh barricaded himself in a vault with all his money <laughs> to like you know the death of everyone else basically and so your general character or the general character is like so upset by this that he just shoots the the first citizen yeah, well, um, the, the first citizen also, like, killed the rest of his crew because his yeah. crew, like, learned the secret. They have sort of poised the, the first citizen as, like, this, you know, very, very modest, mm -hmm. you know, like, philosopher king, benevolent type of figure, um, mm -hmm. and then found out that that was just a lie. Yeah. <laughs> Perpetuated probably by him so that he could amass more wealth. Um yeah. Sorry, I just saw the word crabitalism and yep. <laughs> crabitalism. Yep. Um yeah, the, 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 the tonal the tonal shift there was a little was a little strange. Like the, yeah. the um I can't find the, I can't find the crab general's name. Um but he he is sort of like a over overblown, like Zap Brannigan esque kind of yeah. character, like very assured of his own rightness. Um, and his right to be, you know, in charge, and that of, that he will of the, figure the, it out. The and righteousness, do it right. the righteousness of all of them for like sacrificing themselves on behalf of the first citizen. Yeah, and and that you know, we're, everything is for the first citizen, and and it so it must be right. Um, and then like his entire worldview is shattered, and he's like, well, I guess I'm just gonna go. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, it's. That's so weird. It's it's very jarring because it's a dark story, but it's told in a very comedic tone, which doesn't really quite fit with the rest of the game. Um, yeah, that was that was the one. Like that that storyline and that zone in in mm -hmm. the world, I think were my least favorite. It looks really cool, but it's just like it's just so big and sprawling. Yeah, I was gonna say and, it's really huge. That and was like one a pain in the ass to get around. Yeah. Yeah, so I I only ended up having to look up two things in this game. Like the the queuing is good enough that I I finished the game at like ninety eight percent and just hundred percented it because I'm like oh I only have two percent left. Um, and one of the two things I looked up was like where uh one of the hashes was in that area, and I absolutely could have found it if I had kept looking. But that area was so huge. I'm like I don't know if I want to spend like another hour wandering around this place like it's so big and like i have no guarantee that i'm looking in evenly the correct spot so yeah yeah there were yeah, i yeah. basically yeah. took i took the stuff i found on the way but yeah. i didn't go out of my way to look for stuff yeah i did make an effort to find all of the caches as i was going um, because I wanted the different costumes, because I was like, I wanted to see if they, you know, I needed one of them to give me a, an advantage, uh, in something. And there is one that makes it so that, like, uh, every time you kill an enemy, you get a health back, and that was really nice. I think I ended up going with that one, uh, yeah, most of the game. One. That one um, and the one that, um, reduces your dash cooldown. The one that reduces your dash yeah. cooldown, I feel like you get pretty Maybe not. I don't remember when you get that one. I, I got it late, though, because I went back. Yeah, I back. think it's one of the late ones. Uh, um, yeah, when, um, one of the ones, one of the suits that you get shows you where the Void Runner caches are when you, when you you know, do your little tracking thing. Yeah, that's like the last um, one, though, which is, like, uh, frustrating. 
<laughs> I like, mean, I guess it. I guess it makes sense. Like yeah. if if you did find all of them, because I I found most of them, and I wasn't like. I wasn't about to run around the world looking for them when I had no indication necessarily of where they were, especially in some of the bigger levels. But once I got that, I was like, okay, well, I might as well. 100% the rest. 100% yeah. the game. And I did. Um, so I could, I, I guess I see why they put it late. Um, yeah. Yeah. The, the only other thing. Weird. It would be weird to get it before you, you have explored all areas, I think. Yeah, that's fair. Um, it just, you know, because I had spent all the time, like, getting all the caches up until that point, at that, like, when I got that, there were literally no caches for me to find. Oh, Yeah, um, it, it is better when you can actually use it. Yeah, the, the only thing I had left to do when I beat the game was I had to look up where the apartment complex was that you find the, one of the, um, the Catwoman's, um like locations and then i could mm. like finish her story yeah <clears throat> oh, yeah i had to look up one of the um where one of the elders was because i it, it was the one that was like really deep down in the the dark mm. catacombs and i guess i just like walked straight oh by that no there's door. there's there's one that you can only find after you've beaten the darkness there because the darkness like the dark blob is actually covering up the entrance to it Oh, okay. So I must have just not gone back. Okay, yeah. that makes sense. I figured I had just, like, completely walked straight past it. Yeah, um, that one, at, <laughs> at the very least, with that one, you can talk to Arik, and he will tell you roughly where, um, like, where everybody is. And that's actually true of the, the cat person as well. Like, when you first talk to her, she's like, oh, here are all the places I'm going to go looking for my husband. Um, it's just that she called one of them the apartments, and that entire area is kind of apartments. So I'm like, uh, yeah. which apartments? It's, it's all just like busted up high rises. Any single one of them could be an apartment building. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So like, you don't really get anything for finishing those, <laughs> those side stories other than like the satisfaction of those narratives, but they're not hard to find. So for the most part, I guess you do get an extra cool suit for 100%ing the game that I did That's not true. then go back to the game to see what that cool suit does. Um, um, I think it it gives you the combined power of all other suits. Yeah. Whoa! Yeah. Okay. But I mean, at, at that point, you've finished the game, so it's like, hey, you want to do a victory lap and, like, just run around with things? Yeah. I mean, that's a, that's a great reward, though. Yeah. Um, you know, if you want to, like, go back and maybe try it on a harder difficulty or something. I don't that know would, if you get to. I don't more. know if you get to keep it if you if you do like if there's a new game plus where you just get to have that. That would be rad, but I don't know if that's <laughs> the case. Well, what are you gonna do? I would hope so. Like if if they if there is, I would almost be tempted to do it with that suit because like, dang. Yeah, that would um, be cool. And it looks really cool also because it's the skin of like your final combined form of you and Echo. Um, nice. And it's like it's it's really neat. Um, let's talk about the individual like levels and bosses because I feel like the this game is is like punctuated by and measured in its boss fights, and some of them were <laughs> incredibly rad. Yes. So I mean, I guess the first there's like there's a very small level that you land in, 
um, that basically tutorialville. Just, yeah, it. There's like a two-part tutorialville. There's the first part that's just here's how you move around, and there's a second part that's here's what you're going to be doing for the rest of the game. You're going to be activating the conduits where where Sid lives. You're going to be finding the um, anomalies that are you know breaking her connection to the network. Um, and you're going to be destroying them, and then you got to fight a boss. Yep. And, and it, it's kind of it like, you, oh, you like can't get through this format. area without grappling, and you can't get through this area without, like, super boosting, and you can't get through this area, you know, so... Mm -hmm. They, like, make sure that you're using all your skills at least once. Yeah. Uh, yeah, um, and that summons, like, a big, long, like, dragon thing. It's basically the one that's most similar to, um... The big flying sand boss from Shadow of the Colossus. Yeah. And uh, it's pretty straightforward. It's just kind of you you zip up and down its back. Um, get, you know, getting the little... They look like little syringes, basically. <laughs> like breaking the little syringes uh, along its back. You have yeah, to get it's... onto it by like grappling up onto its tail and then skate all the way to the head and stab it in its weak point. <laughs> Yeah, I guess it never really does explain, like, what are these points that are, like, zipping out of the, um, out of the bosses and out of the anomalies. Yeah, they do say something about, like, oh, it's, like, they're, they're points in the creature's central nervous system, and if you, like, weaken them in a certain order, like, it becomes vulnerable or something, but, like, whatever. It's like okay. acupuncture points, so. basically. Yeah, basically. <laughs> basically. Um... I mean, there's also like, a, it looks like a piece of like, where the armor is cracked. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I guess, I guess like, on some of them. But yeah, I have no idea what the like, things sticking out is. I thought it was just like UI. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, it's, yeah, they, they don't seem to be like... It's possible it's just, you know, some kind of computer simulation that your suit is putting up, like, oh, hey, here's the point where it's vulnerable. Um, although that doesn't explain how, like, grappling works, because it's clearly a point you can physically grapple to. Um, <clears throat> but it doesn't matter. It's just cool. It's just a, a glowy blue thing. Yeah. Um, oh, Admiral Ames. That's the name of the crab man. Admiral Sorry. Ames. Admiral <laughs> no, that's good. Ames. Yeah, I just saw it on a on a. I was looking for pictures of the all the suits, um, and it mentioned it there. Anyway, yeah. Sorry, we've solved the mystery. Yes. Um, okay. So yeah, <laughs> first one. First one is Long Snake Boss. That is just kind of a tutorial boss. You have to figure out, you know, how to grapple onto it, how to use your boost to get to the points fast enough, um, and like how to like hit the hit the points as you go past. And they're the and same the, points that appear on the little black splotches that you destroying earlier. So you, you have a general idea of like, oh, I have to hit this one and then another one will appear. And if I don't get to that other one within a certain amount of time, the black goo becomes superheated and then I get killed. Yeah. Um, and the, 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 this initial area is like basically the crater where the star seed has been embedded. So you're like yep. in a big crater um, and the star seed is just kind of extending up and the conduit point is like at the base of this crater. Yeah. Um, and it's kind of, it kind of functions as a hub that leads out radially into the rest of the areas that you can get to. Yep. 
So section two is the uh, apartment buildings, yes? Uh, yeah, I think it's called the Broken Capital. Sounds right. Um, yeah. I should also probably be looking at the wiki. Uh, solar Ash. Location. The wiki doesn't like have a list of the names of all the places, <laughs> which is not super helpful. Um, unless you find a different wiki than I was using. Yeah, I but... just need, I'd like, I don't know if I'll remember what order everything was in. <laughs> Um, yeah. no, I don't, I don't want the Wikipedia article on solar ash. I want, there we go. Um, <laughs> yeah, so, um, it is, yeah, so the, the second place is like a broken down, like apartment complex, basically, a uh, lot of tall buildings. So a lot of, um, like grinding up the rails from like an old public transit system and like platforming onto the roofs of buildings, doing a lot of like jump and swing on your grapple and get to another place and swing on another grapple and you know. Um there's a cool clock tower. Yeah, there's a neat clock tower there. Um some like old kind of subway tunnel type things that's that's pretty cool. Uh the boss here is is sort of like the first boss plus plus. Like, it's also mm -hmm. a long snake-like creature. I think this may actually have been my favorite boss in retrospect. I died a lot on it, but I think it has the best, like, flow in terms of, like, you just, you really feel like you're going in one direction and just hitting things at the right time. And um, I don't know. I found it very satisfying. Mm -hmm. Maybe it's just because it's the boss where I feel like I finally got into the groove of, like, what the game expected me to do. But. Yeah. Yeah. Um but it was still pretty rad. Yes. Uh, uh, so what's so the next? The next one is the um. It's like the continuation. So the the broken capital is like the like the Veruki city. It's like the remnant of the Veruki planet that got sucked into the um, mm -hmm. ultra void. So the next part is the Ironwood Basin, which is also right. part of the Veruki um, Iron Iron the, Root the, Basin. Iron, maybe? Yeah, Iron Root. Yeah, Iron Root Basin. Which is also part of the Veruki like planet civilization. Mm -hmm. It's like kind of a more like natural foresty area with lots of like temple kind of architecture. Um, and yeah. what you're doing here is not only are you trying to wake up the boss by you know defeating the anomalies and getting Sid back online, but you're also trying to um, like you have to activate these like beacon things that will unlock their i guess it's like their their main temple where the iron root tree that they is like i, I don't know the foundation of their um, religion is um and you go in there and it's it's pretty cool it's got yeah. like it, it's kind of got like like shinto temple vibes where um you know people like will put their wishes on little like wishes or like talismans on the temple except in this case it's i i'm assuming like the names of all the deceased faruki so you go down the, like the hallway, and you get to read the names that they <laughs> came up with for all of the deceased Faruki. There was yeah, one that was like, like, like Fluffernut or Ham Paws or something like. Yeah, they're all pretty like cutesy, in a way that's a little bit uh, undermining the fact that like it's been this mass death. <laughs> yeah, Still, but it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> Um, yeah, and the boss in that area is, like, this big old jellyfish-looking thing with these, like, big arm tendrils, and it, like, shoots a laser 
So you gotta you gotta keep once it's awake, you gotta keep zipping around and not stay still. Um so that it uh you don't get hit by its big old laser. I think I think this was my favorite boss fight, just because it's it's the first one that sort of felt puzzly, like the 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 earlier two, you know, you just kind of skate up to it. Okay, there's the grapple point. Go. Um, but this one, it like the the initial grapple point, you kind of had to like time it. You had to wait until there was like a specific foot on the ground that you could grapple to, um, while also not getting got by laser fire. And it, and it, it, this was also the first one that felt like, oh, this is a big boy. Like, yep. it's, like it's huge. It's, it is it's real, like, real big, really, really big, really big, and really tall. And um, yeah, you boy. see, yeah, you see yeah, it, and you boy. when you first see it, you go like. And how am I going to get up there? <laughs> it's like, it's yeah. very high up. Yeah. And he's got and... kind of a dome-like head that you end up, like, skating around. The, the, I think the reason why I like that one, like, that style a little bit less is because you have to change directions a lot. And it's <laughs> real rough to change directions when you're, like, mid-high-speed mid skate. Yeah, that, that can definitely be a problem. I feel like they usually... Like the camera will kind of, yeah, like go snap. for you. Especially, especially if you're making like a like a complete 180 turn. Mm -hmm. Like the camera will kind of snap, but that doesn't always help if you're like not expecting it. Yeah. Um, still, it felt or good. The to, boss to makes a 180 turn while you're in the air. Yeah. Yep. That <laughs> happens. Suddenly, sometimes. suddenly you can't. You have to fall down. Yeah, and there's a lot more, like, different heights of things, so there's, like, strategic when do you use your boost to, like, you know, to make sure you're on a big flat space so you get the most out of the speed boost, and, uh, yeah, it's definitely, like, the first one where there's more strategy to it um, compared to the previous ones. Um, so that's area two, two of, of, like, after, second area after the tutorials. Um, what comes after Iron Root? I think after that you go to the um, the first mushroom zone, the Eternal yeah. Garden. Yeah. Um, yeah. And that's where you meet Arik. You find out about the mushroom elders and that they're, you know, like native to the oh. Ultra Void. That's where they, they are and that's where they live. Three things I had to look up. I did have to look up how to get into this area because it, that was the one thing that was not queued well enough for me. Uh, there's a thing where you have to, like, hit a little spore generator and then carry it over to, like, a spore receiver while you're yes. still infected with spores. And I, like, I spent a lot of time hitting the spore generator and, like, nothing happened. And I'm like, oh, I guess this doesn't actually do anything. It looks like it should do something. And just the, the queuing on the fact that I was, like, carrying spores with me was, I, like, I didn't even notice it at all. <laughs> Yeah, no, you're right. I, I, I didn't have to look that up, but that's just because I happened to figure it out by accident. Um, mm -hmm. But I remember, yeah, hitting those like spore pod thingies. Um, like for the first time, I hit it a bunch of times that I was like Ray was making noises like ugh, like I thought I was being damaged by it. I guess. Yeah. Um, same. So, so I was like, I'm not doing that anymore. Oh no. <laughs> Um, and I don't, I don't remember where I was when I accidentally figured out, like, oh, this actually generates rails that you can climb on, or sometimes it opens doors, it has a couple, yeah. those are, I think that's mostly what it does, is it either will generate a rail or will open a door. 
Yeah. Um, we we did mention that like the the mechanics you get from movement, you get them all at the start and they don't change. But there are successive like platforming mechanics in each world that are sort of unique. Um so like the you know, the city introduces rail grinding, the mushroom kingdom introduces these little like spore pod things. Um, the ship graveyard, which we'll get to later, introduces like these powered rails and also these uh, flowers that can be used. To, oh, yeah, yeah these, flowers. The flowers that can be used to send rails in different directions, and um, and also you know the the ship graveyard has the acid that <laughs> will eventually kill you, and then the the level beyond that has the lava that will immediately kill you. Yeah, um, but all in all, like a a, a good you know, a good ramp up, a good like steady ramp up of yep. difficulty and complexity. Um, you know. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's well paced in terms of introducing new things, I think. Yes. Um, but yeah, so we were saying, uh sorry, we we're talking about mushroom <laughs> mushroom town. Yeah, mushroom town. Um there's like a there's a deep church in this area which is like dark and you have to like hit these glowing mushrooms to light up the area so that you can do your platforming there without dying instantly mm -hmm. yeah um really really cool area um there's it, also these a little like, bit annoying yeah there's also these like giant like ribcage skeletal remains of things uh periodically oh, so you yeah. spend a lot of time like skating up spinal cords <laughs> Yeah, I forgot about those. Um, I wish they had done more with that. They are just kind of cool, cool environment bits that mm -hmm. are not really addressed. Um, but hey, they're neat um, and give you something else that's kind of big to skate around on, which is fine. Yeah. Um, this one also had a really cool boss fight because I think this is like the only time that it really kind of transports you to like here is the boss arena yeah. um and what it what it does is like it, it gives you a a rail that kind of zips you up to i guess like a moon up in the sky and yeah. you fight that boss on that little moon or you know satellite whatever it is yeah um, this is, is the one cool. where she, she keeps insisting that it's like afraid um, yeah <laughs> and it's it's like a big eyeball with six arms and it like scuttles around on its six arms I even felt bad for it, just like looking at it, like, oh man, you didn't, you you got the short straw when you when you rolled for character design, oh buddy. Yeah, and this is an interesting boss fight. the The main problem I had with it is that in the final stage, there's a relatively easy first section where you have to like, uh, like slap each of its hands. Actually, that might have been in all stages, where you have to like, you have to basically. First. Like, last and second to last. Okay. Um, yeah, so you have to, like, zip around it and smack each of the hands before you can get up on top of it. Um, and, like, that that section felt like it was fine, but I because I kept dying early on once I got up to the back, it was annoying that I had to keep doing that section over and over. I'm like, I, I know how to do this part. Like, just let me up on the back so I can figure out, like, how the heck to... The time the, this upper part. Yeah. Um, so also, that one I don't know. That might have that, been my it, least favorite, but it yeah it it's a cool like we're gonna put you on the moon to fight this boss, but I felt like it was not a very interesting fight overall. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, it's like yeah. an interesting boss design, but like I felt the 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 practicality of like uh, actually fighting it was was not the best. Yeah, uh, which is not to say it was like you know really bad or like you know made me want to rage quit or anything like that. Like you know I finished it and it was fine. It's just that I I like a lot of the other ones better. Mm hmm. Um. So then I guess the next one is the um the mirror sea. Which is the yeah. huge, huge zone. Um, yeah, gosh. this could easily have been two zones. It pretty yeah, much is it, two zones. Yeah, yeah, it feels like it was, and then they're like, ah, actually, we gotta put them together for reasons. Maybe um, they didn't have two bosses, and they're like, ah, shit. <laughs> I will say favorite area and favorite boss. It is a good boss. Yeah. I didn't like the area so much just because it felt too big, but the boss was super cool. It might have been my favorite area visually, right? Yeah, like, there definitely. was some really cool yeah. variety in it, uh, for sure. I am, like, a real sucker for the, like, sci-fi and fantasy trope of um, floating islands with waterfalls coming off of them with, like, <laughs> no apparent source of the water. Um, but, you know, you just got waterfalls. I'm yeah. here for it, baby. It looks they're, real they're cool. Acid, and that's they're acid waterfalls, so you gotta be careful, yeah. but yeah. I think um, I think it's implied that they weren't always acid, that like the, the yeah. planet became acidified because um the, the crab people um were were big into like industry and mm. machinery and stuff and they, they fucked their planet. Yeah. Um, Either that or the ultra void fucked it up somehow, that may have also <laughs> contributed. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, like, the first part of this area is a big ship graveyard where there's, like, a ton of floating spaceship debris that you have to travel between. And you keep, like, using these rails to get up a certain distance, and then you can activate shortcuts that will get you back up to that point if you fall, which is kind of cool. <laughs> so you're like, okay, beat the first part. Now if I fall up, I can, like, shortcut up to the beginning of part two. Now I gotta get through part two. Like, okay, now I'm at the shortcut to part three, and... I don't know. There's a there's a lot of like grappling between the floating debris and like timing your jumps well, and that was like a really fun platforming bit. Absolutely, I think if it had just been that section, the ship graveyard, and like a lot of really vertical, vertical, you know, platforming and and traversal, I think I would have been like completely satisfied with that area. Um, but that's only the first half of it, and it feels it feels like huge. Just yeah. just even this first part. Um, and then you realize that you've gotten all the way through it and you haven't even reached the conduit yet. Uh, <laughs> yeah, um, which so, is like yeah. your your save point, basically. Your big save point. So, you know, you get up to the top and there's like, well, well I, at, at some point you're like hailed on the radio by um, Admiral Ames. Yeah, and I he's think. like, hey, come up here to the ship and like, we'll talk. Yeah, he he first um, assumes that you must be a, an ally of the first citizen, and asks you to like swear your fealty to the first citizen. And I, I guess you can. I didn't. I was like, yeah, I'm I not, didn't either. I'll help you. I'm like, that um, seems like a promise I don't want to necessarily make. Yeah, I think I think I mean it seems like they also give you the option to just totally be a dick to Admiral Ames, which I didn't do, and I don't know if that's one of those options that they kind of railroad you out of. Um, yeah. maybe not. Anyway, I mean, matter. like, I assume you can probably still help him even if you don't swear fealty, like, even if you don't, um, you know, like, acknowledge. 
I, I was like, oh, yeah, the first citizen, they're probably fine. I don't really have a stake in this, like, but I'll help you if you want. Yeah, basically. Um, yeah, so you end up, like, on, I, I guess, the, the, like, the flagship of his whole armada, um, which is, I think, the only ship that's still mostly intact, and he's up there, and he's the only one up there. Um, and he tasks you with finding the away teams. Uh, um, which, I don't know, I guess yeah. if you've watched any Star Trek, you know what happens to the away team. <laughs> yeah, um, it's, it's pretty clear early on this is not gonna end happily, not least of which because, like, they don't have a lot of, like, assets and animation budget for having a lot more NPCs, um, so. Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, so, you know, from there, I guess you just zip over to... Like the, the mainland actual... hub, yeah. Yeah, like and there's the like pretty part of it. So there's like first there's like a big climb through these like floating island acid waterfall places, and then you get to like a temple hub, and from there you can branch out in like directions for other areas. First there's the big climb up the ships, and then there's a second climb up to the temple, and mm -hmm. then and then it's got all the big branching, and from there even there is a further big climb. Um, yep. There's a lot of a lot of big climbing in this area. Yep. Um, it does have it the looks... really cool like cloud tower that has mm -hmm. an area at the top that's like a two-sided spot where you can either like if like go around the outside or there's like a well that takes you straight through the middle where you like fall through and then gravity changes on the other side. It's, like really rad. Yeah, that part was super cool. Um, let's see. Oh, there's a lot of, like, the one non-Shadow of the Colossus thingy about it is that there are enemies besides the bosses. There are a lot of, like, little running around shadow things. And, like, some of the ones in this area are, like, really annoying. Because there are ones that birds will, like, are annoying. shoot. Yeah, the, the birds are annoying. There's the ones that shoot you with a laser dense that you have to get. They, they actually introduced those in the mushroom place, I think. But, um... No, even earlier. They introduced those in the Forest Temple. Yeah, um, in the Iron Root Basis. So I think the first ones that they introduce are in, like, the tutorial zone are just little guys. Yeah. That, you know, they they can run up to you and smack you. The second ones I think that they introduce in the Broken Capital are the birds. Mm -hmm. And the birds will, like, sort of laser target you and do kind of a charge thing. Um, they also, in that area, introduce the ones that have, like, the the ground attack. Oh, that, I'm like, just shoots. I'm just realizing we totally that I totally spaced out like that early on area where there's like the big temple. I guess it's the way the start of the way up to the broken capital. There's like a big temple with a bunch of like vertical sections where you learn about unlocking doors with orange switches. Oh, yeah. That, see, that's that's the problem with these like levels. There's always the part where you get to the like where you go Approach. from the hub yeah. to the level and you just kind of pass through it um yeah. and then the bulk of the level is just in a completely separate place um but yeah that was yeah there was like a big platforming thing and there's like those vertical rails that were i guess void runner tech mm -hmm. um yeah <laughs> sorry that's like i no, think no, no, that's yeah, no. that's where they in first introduced the birds i think so yeah you're right that is where they introduced <laughs> the birds um there's also a another enemy that like does a, a charge at yep. you um and i think and then there's the ones that shoot the lasers i think that's all of them is that all of them yeah okay uh probably yeah. 
Um, so. Yeah, and there some some of the the latter two in particular like were really annoying because in the laser ones there's a lot of like you'll have to do like a lot of platforming and hiding behind debris in order to approach the thing, and then when you get up to the thing you can like smack it and then you're more free to explore. But um, there's one really annoying one in a later section one of those guys on like a central tower and you have to do a lot of that like sneaking around and getting from spot to spot before you can leap up onto the tower and, and get rid of it. And they use those as Like trapped. They they signal it. They have like those char spots on the ground where you can see that the laser has um hit the ground, and they they do that early on. But there's also a lot going on visually in these worlds where it's like pretty easy to miss. Yeah, the, the signal. This one also, anyway, I feel like the uh, the acid area also had some of the tougher like black splotch um segments where like when you're when you're summoning the boss. <laughs> Um, because there's like, there's one where there's like this sort of like circular kind of rusted out building and you have to circle around it twice, uh, getting rid of all the little, little markers. And for yeah. some reason I had to do that one like five or six times. Like that was a rough one for me. Yeah. I, I, yeah, I remember that one now that you mentioned it. I had to, I had to do that one a few times too. Um, this, and I feel like this is sort of the first area where they're like, okay, we're not just going to make you go through this area once, we're going to make you do it, like, multiple times. And they started kind of doing that throughout, you know, the, boss the, the fights, remainder yeah. of the game. And in the boss fights as well. Yeah. Um, Where you have to, like, double back on yourself and, and revisit some of the spots. Um, yeah. But yeah, there's, like, this area has, like, a huge abandoned, like, rusted out tanker. There's, like, the, like... Uh, pleasure palace there's like a giant central temple area there's the big cloud tower like there's there's so many areas here yeah there's a lot and it's all separated by this kind of like big lake or or sea of acid um so then you have to like very strategically pick your way across it using remaining bits of like walkway or things that have sunk in the acid as sort yeah. of stopover points so that you don't die from the acid yeah the way <laughs> the way the acid works is like when you touch it a counter starts ticking up uh and when that counter hits um and it like even if you get out of the acid the counter continues to tick up um and the once the counter hits a certain point it goes red and starts ticking down and if you are touching acid while the counter is in the red and ticking down you die instantly so it's if like you, you have yeah. If you take any damage, um, you die instantly because oh, there would be times where I was out of the acid and I got hit by one of the little guys because like oh. I, I zipped by it when I was going through the acid mm -hmm. and then it followed me and it yeah. snuck up on me and hit me while it was counting down and, and I died from that. Yeah. So I think, yeah, I'm pretty sure it's if you take any damage um, yes. or if you're in the acid, it gets you. Carl, Which was a surprise. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm just... I didn't know that was how it worked. 
Yeah, it's uh and so because of like this system, you have a little bit of grace time over which you can skate on the acid. Like if you can only skate over the acid while the counter is counting up, and then you can get to a safe place before it hits red and like wait there wait it out there, then like you can you can get across a little bit. Which was like it took a kind of a while to figure out like how exactly that worked, but you know, I feel like Oh, it's green, but it's getting like more and more dangerous. Oh, it's red. Is a is a clear enough indicator where you're like, okay, I should definitely be careful while it's red because red is bad. It, like it, even if I don't understand exactly what's going to happen, <laughs> like red is bad yeah. probably. It took me a while to also to suss out like exactly how that how that indicator worked. But yeah, the gist of it is don't spend too much time in in the acid. Yeah. That's probably not a thing you want to do, yeah. which is fine. And yeah, and so you're around all around this huge place. You can like find the little like last logs of the various away teams where they're like, oh, uh, you know, our ship got like crash landed, but luckily we crash landed in a bunch of pillows. We're gonna try and rock the ship out of place, like and and like I'm sure it will be fine and nothing bad will happen. And they get crushed by their ship. There's like there's a bunch of guys that get crushed by their ship. There's the guys who like, I think they crash landed on the machinery and got crushed by the machinery because yeah. they tried to activate the machinery. There's the guys who like crash landed near some electrical wires and they're like, we're gonna climb up these electrical wires and see if we can't jump our ship. And then they all got fried. Well, yeah, and and the person's like, but to it's very very dangerous do that in the dark. So we're gonna turn the electricity on first yeah. so we'll have lights while we're doing it. Um, and I think the first team that you meet is the one that you meet, that you that find. Took, is took the an one acid that, bath. Yeah, they're like, oh, we found the healing springs. Our, our scientists said that the acid levels of the water have been steadily rising, but who cares? And you just, like, find their sad, dissolved bodies in the acid, yeah. in the acid lake. Like, oh, no. Yeah. So, like, you get the impression that these these little crustacean beings were not the smartest yeah probably not um between them and Ames, like it's like all right yeah either that or there there was one member of the of the ship's crew that um has like his special brew so they're either not very smart or they're all just fucking wasted yeah <laughs> odds are odds are pretty good for both yep um, yeah, so then there's the, the boss fight of this arena, uh, of Terry's fight it out on the big flat acid lake. Uh, and it's, it's very similar to, um, the third boss fight in Shadow of the Colossus, which is the one where, um, he's got a big sword and you have to, like, trick him into hitting a, a platform so it, like, shatters his armor or whatever. Um, this one's got a giant, like, rusted out oil tanker. <laughs> That he's using instead of a sword that he like drags around and occasionally like slams down and tries to impale you with and you have to wait for him to slam it down and then like climb up it uh to get onto him and he's sort of the first like big humanoid one too right yeah yeah uh, uh yes i guess the first of two yeah yeah which is fine but yeah um really really cool design just like Big and lanky, and I think even the first time you see it, Ray's like this. There's something familiar about this one. Uh, yeah. Like, mm, 
<laughs> yeah. Mm. Um, what are you gonna do? Um, yeah, so this one's kind of, like, rad and weird, and I, I enjoy, I also enjoy this boss fight a lot. Like, getting yeah. over the, the, like, getting up the ship, and, um, there's a lot of straightaway areas where you have to hit, like, three uh, of the markers in a row along a straight path in a way that, like, you have to time it right, that feels... Like very, the thing about these boss fights is when you pull them off, you feel really cool about it. You're like, oh, yeah. I'm such a badass. Look how smooth I am. Mm hmm. Yep. Which is great. And this is a good one for that. Um, I'm trying to think of, I guess this is the only boss, well, not the only boss fight. The last boss fight does too, but um, I think this is the first one that out, that also just incorporates a rail grind. Yeah. Which was, I mean, you feel Which cool doing the boss fights. You feel cool doing the rail grind. You feel extra cool doing a boss fight with a rail grind. So, yeah. you know. Yep. Yeah. Um, and then, okay, so then's the, like, the last of the, like, major level areas, I think, which is the lava, lava region. Um, which is technically another mushroom region. Uh, but it's a hot mushroom region where there's insta-kill lava. I think, yeah, I think they mentioned that, like, there was another planet that was mostly lava that got, you know, taken by the Ultra Void and then the, the mushrooms started growing there um, or something like that. Like, it was a combination of two, like, biomes or something, if I yeah, remember. Yeah, they're like, oh, they mushrooms like it there because it's warm and humid. And I'm like, would it really be, like, good mushroom <laughs> conditions, though? That seems like not, but okay. I mean, I guess it's like volcanic, rooms. yeah, like yes. volcanic soil has a lot of nutrients in it. Maybe. Yeah. yeah no, uh... I mean, Carl's got a point. They're space mushrooms. They can do whatever the fuck they want. <laughs> They're sentient space mushroom. Yeah. So, basically. Um. Yeah. So, I don't know. I like. I I have a lot fewer memories of like what's even in this space. I know it had that cool, like, broken tower that you that you have to climb up that was, like, that was, like, a really rad visual. But other than that, I, I feel like this is maybe one of the less memorable spaces, other yeah, than it being this, covered in lava. Yeah, this one had a lot going on as well. Um, but, yeah, like, the, the, um, the, like, the, the most important mushroom elder is in this area called, like, the Crystal Palace, and that's kind of central to the area, but you can't get there until you've talked to all the other ones. There's, like, a graveyard, um, there's, yeah, I mean, it's, it's cool, but it's not, It's a like, lava level, really what do you fan. want? Yeah, it's a lava, it's a lava zone, exactly. It's a lava <laughs> zone, and there's mushrooms. Uh, this level really made me think of Mario Galaxy. Yeah, there's a lot of weird gravity, like, interesting stuff as well. Um, this one also has a lot of, like, big rails between isolated sections. Um, like a lot. Yeah. yeah. Where, like, the sections are pretty dang far apart from each other, and you have to, like, find the little mushroom vines in each area and, like, connect them to each other to, to have rail grinds to do. Um... It does, however, have a really cool boss, this area, <clears throat> because it has a giant mm -hmm. bat dragon with, like, these big wide wings, uh, and you have to use, like, some smokestacks on the islands to, like, blow yourself up into the air really high, 
and then grapple onto one of the wings. Yeah, it's... I feel like anytime there's a boss fight with a big thing and it's in the sky, like, you got me. It's gonna be cool. I don't care. <laughs> I don't care how many times I fall off this fucking boss. It's gonna be cool as yep. hell. And this uh, is another this boss that will, like, uh, attack you uh, with lasers <laughs> if you don't. And this one is, like, pretty dang aggressive about it, too. Like, it's, it has big lasers that, like, make the ground uh, unsafe for, like, in a region around it after it hits. And you gotta be, like, fast and careful. You gotta be basically, like, constantly moving to avoid the lasers. Yeah. Um, yeah, this was, a, this was a cool boss fight. And you're kind of, like, going across its wingspan a few times to, you know, hit all the markers. And the, you know, the weak spot is, like, in the middle of its head, body, I guess. Mm -hmm. um, very cool. Very cool. Yep. It's, a, it's an appropriate, like, last of the main bosses kind of, you know, epic feel. Mm -hmm. It's some of them some of the sections drag on a little long where it's like, "Oh my god, just get me to the end point already." Um, but uh it's it's cool. It's a good one. Yeah, I I did feel like, you know, between this one and Mirror Sea, like the level designs got a little out of hand. They could have condensed them down maybe just a bit. Um, mm -hmm. especially in Mirror Sea, like I did feel like I spent a lot of time just skating across that big acid lake in the middle yeah and this one i don't think was quite as bad just because it, it wasn't as much based around a central hub you're kind of just moving between these islands yeah but... although i did very easily forget what was on which island and like how to get back to a certain place i was looking for um yeah. which was kind of annoying because especially like during the boss fight because you get you can't stay on the boss between um it's it's lives it like shakes you off in a cutscene um so you like each time it drops you it drops you somewhere back in the level and you have to locate the nearest smokestack and that was almost the hardest part of the boss it was like where the fuck am i supposed to be going yeah um and yeah there were like individual like island segments that were like okay yeah we've you've this is cool but please let me get get to the end here um yeah. oh i guess there's one more um like uh air quotes enemy type that we didn't talk about which is like the minefield where oh, yeah. um it, it spawns a bunch of little blobs of um you know explosive um like anomaly material that you gotta skate over and jump over um because it'll explode and hurt you, and like sort of in the middle of it, usually there's a node that you just attack and it causes all of them the to decay. Yeah, there's a couple environmental hazards like that. There's also like some walls that can only be destroyed from one side, so they you know block off certain regions until you've finished your platforming around, and then you can unlock a shortcut back in the other direction, basically. Yeah, and sometimes in in some areas of the Cloud Sea, um, there are like they're like floating mines and if you get too close to them they explode and i don't know what the point of that is necessarily other than like maybe to try to discourage you from like trying to find a shortcut but i didn't find them to be like lethal enough or difficult enough to avoid that yeah I it's ever just was like eh. yeah it's just to like you know watch where you're skating <laughs> sort of sort yeah. of little mines um i sometimes you can get 
in a bad state where you sort of set off a chain reaction if you go into an area where they're too dense where you like you when you when you get hit by one you get knocked out of your skate and then you can't get skating fast enough again to avoid getting hit by the next one and so on mm -hmm. and then you take like three four hits before you know it yeah that's true but i appreciated that the resources were plentiful enough that i never felt like Oh shit! Like I need to be super careful with my health. It's like I just buy all the health things immediately. Yeah, I'm like, exactly. I'm like, oh, is there a strategic thing you can do? Because each successive health pod costs more, and you always lose one at the end of each like section. So like, is it actually more strategic to like run on low health and not buy all the things until the very end? And then it, I realized pretty quickly, it's like, oh no, you just get a fuck ton of resources. It's like just buy oh, them yeah. all. Absolutely. <laughs> The um yeah the the suit that um that doubles your your plasma pickups which is the was first one that I one didn't you get yeah and that's one that I didn't I missed like the very first log for Irving mm -hmm. so I didn't get that one until I was going around and and cleaning up after you know right before the mm -hmm. final boss and even without that I had no trouble by the end of the game like for the last three levels just immediately buying the the um the last, last cell thing yeah you know. Which, I guess, I mean, part of that's just me. I see a thing and I want to pick it up. Yep. <laughs> so. Yeah, I mean, they give you all these, like, glowing chests that you can smash and they have stuff inside and, like, secret hidden crystals that it feels cool to find. Like, you know, it's... it feels good to, to collect the resources, so why not? It does feel good. And, like, they're, they do all these, like... <laughs> a lot of times the plasma is just set up in a, like, Hey, kid, want to do a cool trick jump? And you're yeah. like, yeah, I do. I do want to try and skate along this line and then do a cool grapple jump. <laughs> and like, yeah. if you do it perfectly, you pick up all the plasma along the way. It's great. I love it. <laughs> um, yeah, it, it, it reminds me in a way of like the, um, uh, the figments in Psychonauts, except better because yeah. you don't need all of the plasma for completion and it's not such a chore to pick up. Yep. But it, 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 it functions kind of in a similar way where it's like, here's a thing, and if you if you complete this sequence, then you get them all. Um, yep. Yeah, and it's, like, it feels good to... the A lot of this game has a kind of, like, adorable 90s skater uh, undertone, like, aesthetic. I don't know. I don't know how to describe it, but it has a, like, dude, sick flips sort of like attitude in some of the gameplay that I really yeah. like that felt like I don't know like a good invitation to play you know what I mean where I'm like absolutely yeah I do want to feel like I'm a cool badass thank you I know this is all in my head and I am but yeah, I, I feel cool I also like sort of tried to make a game out of um making jumps that were not necessarily expected of me um like i unlocked some shortcuts like w when you you know the the mushroom rail generator mm -hmm. thingies like i unlocked some of those early just because i was able to like spot like okay i think i could make that jump or like this combination of jumps let's just try yep. it out um yep and that always feels good it doesn't like you know sure you unlock the shortcut early it doesn't do anything else but it feels real cool yeah you feel like cool. you're doing like a like a cool like subversive sequence break when it's like yeah. oh you you skipped like five ten minutes of platforming <laughs> it's like yeah and then that's you, fine and i then feel you like a back, badass 
yeah, and then you went back because you had to go over there anyway. It's whatever. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's a lot of fun. It is uh, fun. yeah. So then, after the lava area, you have activated all of the nodes to activate the star seed, uh, and you get to go back. Oh, I guess we could talk about like there's a thing with Sid that's sort of interesting along the way, um, oh, yeah. where you, um. Like, Sid is sort of, like, the one person from the Void Runner crew that you talk to regularly. And when you he's like, this, like, body, like, you know, like, please select menu option, you know, like, monotone. But once you get rid of the boss in an area, it, like, breaks the interference. And so she can do higher level functions and her personality comes back. And she's like, oh, hey, Ray, how are you doing? Are you okay? You don't do good. And, you know, stuff like that. Um, and so towards the end of the game, I think in the mirror sea area, yeah. you find a cache that, it, or you find something that implies that like, um, actually it's possible the star seed like could do some like interesting, different thing than the thing it's assigned to do, but we would have to calculate. It's like a really like one in a billion chance that we would have to do some like epic calculations that are like like way too intensive to do before the universe ends kind of calculations um yeah and... i think specifically the the thing is that like there's a possibility that the star seed could reverse time and yeah. that you could you know reverse the destruction of all these planets you could yep. reverse your own planet being pulled into the orbit yep. um so yeah that's the thing yeah and and so, and so ray's like I, fuck it do the calculations why not and sid's like that's not really a great idea and ray's like can do it uh and then sid yeah, gets stuck it. in an infinite loop it's really bad i felt really bad for making sid do that oh yeah and then like every time you talk to her she's like error error calculation loops and you're like um and you're like oh shit sid like abort the calculations you don't have to do it and she's like affirmative aborting calculations error calculation loop affirmative aborting you know like she's still stuck and it's like ah fuck um mm -hmm. but you do manage to break her out of it i think right before the, the final star seed sequence um, yeah you you try to oh like you have to try to do an override and she tells you that you can only do it at like the main conduit at the base of the star seed so you go there and you do the override um and she's like okay i'll activate the maintenance rail that launches you straight into the fucking like heart of the star seed yep. so you can do whatever you want to do um yeah so you get up there and then you have like your final confrontation with go so like between level after kill a boss you you get transferred to this weird like blood space where Echo is just, like, there partially dismembered, and she argues with you about, like, why do you keep torturing me like this? Like, stop doing this. You have no idea what you're doing. Like, I hate you. Fuck off. <laughs> and you you keep being like, listen, I don't want to hurt you, Echo, but I have to do this thing that I'm doing. It's very important. Yeah, um, she, she even says, like, I want to help you. Come meet me at the Star Seed and I'll get you out of here. I'll figure out a way to get you out of here. Like, way too optimistic for her yeah. understanding of the situation. But, you know, that's yeah. the character, I guess. 
yeah so you get to um you get to the star seed and it's it's very cool looking up there it's sort of like this like big tech thing with a pedestal and you're looking out into the sky and you can see like your planet as it approaches the black hole and um there's a there's a command area and you there you go there and there's one prompt which is activate starseed um so and you have to hold it like every other tech in the game you have to hold the button down to make this happen so you start holding the button down and echo and she's like please fucking stop we've gone through this so many times i don't want to fucking do this again um like don't you realize that like you've done this a hundred times oh you you start to you start to do the the seed and you see your planet and you see it flickering towards like closer and closer to the <laughs> excuse me um to the star seed itself and to the ultra void in a very cool sequence um, where it like you see it, and then there's like a glitch, and it's much closer, and there's a glitch, and it's much closer. Um, and Ray's like, "Oh fuck, this is not this is not working. What's going on?" Uh, and Echo then then Echo appears, and Echo's like, "Don't you get it? Like we failed. This is you failing. Like you fail every single time you do this because the Star Seed. We were too late. Like the Star Seed can't undo this, and it's just fucked. Like." The starseed is not a thing that, like, reverses time or collapses the black hole or does anything that saves it. It's just a thing that time loops. And you're stuck in a fucking time loop. Please stop. And then you get, uh, you go back to the control console, and now you have two prompts. You have activate starseed and destroy starseed. And this is where you decide if you get the good ending or the bad ending. Yep. It's very clearly... <laughs> Find us the good ending or the bad ending. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you I... if you choose to activate the star seed, um, you get a short sequence where like Echo's like, "Fuck!" Just like every time before, I guess. Have fun transforming. And then you wake up at the beginning of the game again, and it like makes you replay like the first like two minute movement sequence of the game. To until you, it's like very clear that like, oh shit, I'm just back at the beginning again, <laughs> and mm -hmm. then it ends. Yep. Or yeah, or you destroy the star seed. In which case, you still fucking transform into a monster. Star seed does. Uh, but you free Echo, and Echo's like, holy shit, she did the thing. Um, I guess, like she's the last remnant. I guess I need to go fight that uh and then you do and, and you like, have a last boss fight with Sid as well yeah. and Sid's like oh shit I can't believe you made it back from going up there like <laughs> I yeah. thought you were gonna die um and yeah you go do the um you know the last fight you have like that exchange with Sid where she says you know you don't have to put her out of her misery you have to pull her out of her misery blah 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 um and yep. you do the fight yeah which again is cool. Yeah, it's a big humanoid creature. It's got like these long tentacle fingers that like shoot in the ground towards you and you have to like avoid getting hit by them and then like immediately double back and jump onto them and do a cool rail grind sequence on top and like run around on top of of Ray for a while and Yeah, and this it's is very rad. This is like the only time one of the bosses is actually speaking and she's just constantly saying like I hate you. 
<laughs> like, why won't yeah. you let me die or whatever? Yeah. Um, it's pretty, pretty. Yeah, pretty and instead of like, instead of hitting the weak point on the boss as usual, you're instead like shoving the star seed, uh, like impaling spear out of her. So <laughs> like trying to free her from it, <clears throat> which is pretty cool. Uh, and then yeah, you finally do that. Uh, you and Ray kind of like recombine into one being, and uh, you live in the Ultra Void now. Congratulations! I mean, I guess it's better than being trapped in an endless loop of despair. Um... And that's kind of, I feel like, where the metaphor comes in, where it's like, okay, like, you know, you've been through something incredibly traumatic, you've finally gotten past the point where you spend 100% of your time dwelling on that traumatic thing. And it's not like life is suddenly fixed and better and good now, right? Your planet is still destroyed, and like it's not like the trauma never happened. Um, but at least now you can start a forward progression as opposed to being continually trapped in this cycle of constantly thinking about the trauma. Mm -hmm. Which, like... Yeah, it's good. Good metaphor, good game. Me <laughs> good job. Good metaphor. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, I appreciated it a lot. I don't know. Yeah, I enjoyed was... the heck out of this game once I like once I got into the flow and I kind of like just like laid back and let the game be what the game wanted to be. I had a really good time with it. Same. Yep. Exactly. It's fun to play. I kind of wish the controls were a bit tighter. Same. Yeah, that was what I was really struggling with at the beginning. Was it just felt like a little, a little, like just floaty, hair more floaty than I would have liked it to be, which makes sense. You know, you are kind of floating on like most of the time. You're just like on cloud, cloud. which they reveal ground. in the which they reveal in the end that like the been skating on the whole time are like the remnants of your planet, which seem to be like have like a big thick cloudy atmosphere. And they're like, oh yeah, this is all like the remnants of your planet. We totally didn't save it. It's like, it's in the Ultra Void. It's in pieces. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Like I said, it felt a little floaty, but I eventually got used to it. Um, I imagine like tuning that super precisely, like they must have gone back and forth like a billion times. Right? Like there's so many ways you could tune it that feel good for some things and not exactly right for others i'm sure this is like probably the the best of all possible worlds in which you know like where you you make some sacrifices for for the sake of other things mm -hmm. and a lot of it a lot of the you know my issues with the feel and the movement feel was just having like i said earlier coming off of been having you know been playing uh, blue fire which is very tight and lets you dash in midair and a wall run um that's a it's a fun game i don't know if it's necessarily worth playing for the podcast because it is just like a Zelda platformer, but I would recommend it if that sounds like something you'd be into just for funsies. Um, but yeah, it like it was it was definitely kind of a jolt going from that to this, which is like so similar, but just different enough that it was throwing me off. Yeah, I am so excited to see speedruns for this game. This feels like a speedrunner's paradise sort of game. Where like, if you if you can do it optimally, I bet you can do it real fast, and it feels mm -hmm. so good and so cool. Yeah, I bet it. I, oh yeah, that's there's gonna be 
very, very cool speed runs for this. Definitely. Wow. Yeah. Um, oh, I guess like music, music and visuals, like the, the, it, the visuals are gorgeous. It's like this beautiful, like neon color palette. That's just like real out there. And, and I don't know, I loved it a lot. Yeah, it's, it's the great kind of neon that doesn't feel like needlessly stylized. It all kind of fits together in a way that feels organic. Yeah. Um, but it still just looks super yeah, cool. It, yeah, it's it's very similar in a lot of ways to the Hyperlight Drifter, um, uh, yeah, color, color scheme color. and visuals. Um, you know, it, obviously it's three D and like third person instead of like this sort of top down isometric like old school Zelda feel. But in in a lot of and it's you know it's it's more three D models instead of like pixel art. But it it feels similar aesthetically in a lot of ways. Um, and it has a similar, you know, you periodically come ag up against this big boss that like destroys you and get makes you weaker and mm -hmm. um, yeah, you know, there's a lot of aesthetics and and there's also one sound effect that is just straight up the sound effect that they reuse from Hyperlight Drifter. This like, Bwah! oh, is it? I, I, I it's I'm been pretty sure so long it's... since I played Hyperlight Drifter, but if, yeah, if I it's be not exactly the same, it's very very similar. There was also, yeah. I'm pretty sure the like. The sad music cue, the music that starts playing when you're like on the last boss fight, sounds very similar to a Shadow of the Colossus track as well. Like there's it's so long since I've played either of those that I like can't my recall is bad, but I wouldn't um, be surprised. But yeah, there's some where I'm like, oh, you are you're cribbing real close to your source materials. Um mm. and it, you know, it feels appropriate. It's fine. It's it's got this kind of like ominous wistfulness that feels right for about to kill a boss um but yeah i'm like hmm this is very shadow yeah that's one thing that i kept sort of thinking about as i was playing this is like this is a game with a lot of influences and this is also a game that just really wears and displays its influences with absolute delight yeah you know it's Although... not trying to hmm yeah hello Although weirdly, like the thing it it reminded me of most that we played uh, previously on the podcast uh, was a story about my uncle, which is I don't think specifically an influence of this game, but something about the like flow that you can get into when you're doing a series of grapple. I'm like, this feels like a very similar state to how I felt when I was playing the story about my uncle and just grappling really well. Yeah, I would say a story about my uncle had a lot more frustrating moments. Um, yeah, I'm thinking that, this, of, like, is, yeah this is yeah, this is 100% smoother, right? Like 600% like yeah. smoother and better designed motion for sure. But like yeah. at at its peak, uh like the best parts of a story about my uncle remind me of uh of this. Yeah, and there's definitely aesthetic similarities as well. There's like the a lot of like floating islands and um weird deep caves and things like that. Yep. That that are definitely there. We we need more grappling hook games. I think I think yeah, there's right? been a lot more grappling hook games lately. Um, <laughs> I feel like right. you know, just cause just cause really did a lot for the for the grappling hook um, proponents of the world. I mean, it's um, a good it's a good mechanic, and when you can do it well, it feels real. So, um, yeah, more grappling hook games, guys. Come yeah. on.
But yeah, I would say other than the 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 sound design and some music cues that uh, reminded me of certain other very specific things, like it's it's got a decent soundtrack. Nothing I'm I'm like excited to go look up on Spotify or anything, but like good ambient level music and like you know a pretty intense epic boss music that feels appropriate when you're in the moment and. I the one that stuck out the most to me, I think, was the Lava Zone music. It felt really like space opera kind of music, yeah, um, which was just cool. But yeah, for the most part, like there I, there were definitely moments where I was like, "Oh, this is this is a good song. I like this music." Um, but I couldn't tell you like exactly what, <laughs> you know, like I I wouldn't I wouldn't be able to remember what it sounded like. I yeah. just remember thinking, "This is nice." Um, so there's that. Yeah. I feel like I feel like we did a pretty thorough talk through of this one. Like, yeah, it's it's yeah. good. I I'm happy we played this. Like, I'm yeah. I'm recommending it. I've been recommending it, to friends. Like, you really ought to play this. Like, I know it's not high on a lot. Like, it's real good. Yeah, this feels like a sleeper hit kind of game. Yeah, like everybody everybody was real hyped for Hyperlight Drifter. A um, yeah. you know there was like I feel like it had a lot more press, and this one just kind of snuck out. Um, but man, absolutely, absolutely yeah. a worthy successor. Yeah, I think sure. I like this one better than Hyperlight. Like, there were a lot of things I liked about Hyperlight, but Hyperlight was just, like, a little too hard for me. Like, some of the combat stuff felt like you really have to be completely aware at all times, like, know what you're doing and, and like, pay attention. And I just never got the flow state from that that I got from this one. Yeah, there's... There's a lot more, I think, joy in just reacting to this game. Yeah. Whereas if you if you're at a point in Hyperlight Drifter where you're purely just reacting, you've probably already fucked up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. In Hyperlight, I, I there were a lot more moments that felt like where I, I failed a bunch and got really like angry and frustrated. Whereas in this, I there were a lot of points where I failed a bunch, and I I was like a little frustrated. But I was like, no, I got this. Like, I can do this again. I can get to it. Like, I'm, I'm doing this. I'm really vibing with it. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. And like, the only part that like I was like, ugh, was the the thing I mentioned with like the hands of the eyeball fight. Other than that, where, where I was like, all right, yeah, I, I've done this before. Like, let me get back to the part where I'm like trying to. Figure Other than that, I was like, okay, just just let me get back up there. I, I'll get it this time. Let me let me do it again. Yeah, let me let, tag me in, coach. I'm yeah. ready. Yeah, I got this. <laughs> yeah, uh, this was yeah, this was a really fun one. Um, I guess first game of 2022. We're starting on a high note. Yep, for sure. Yeah, yeah. I can't. <sighs> I can't believe it's a, another year already. Like, what the fuck, guys? Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Well. May how this does... one be better than the last one. <laughs> yeah, like, how does time keep happening? What the hell? Um, well, you could always find yourself a starseed. Get yourself trapped in a horrible infinite loop. Yeah, no, I'll pass on that. I'll pass on the, the time loop. Unless it's like, if I could pick a loop, a time to loop that's like, oh, this is a, this is a good time, I would do that. But otherwise, I don't want to have to loop through Yeah, I guess not in, not in the middle of a loop. Yeah, yeah, no, not in the middle sure. of the move. Definitely um, not. Yeah, for sure the uh this is actually kind of like a a stealth 
time loop game. <laughs> we talked about having played a lot of time loop games. This is like low-key a time loop game. It doesn't play no, like a time loop occur, game. It didn't even occur to me that this is also <laughs> a time loop game until you said it just now. Uh, time loop watch 2022. Yep. We're it's on a, it, guys. It's all over the place, this this mechanic now. But it's it's not really a time loop game. Like, narratively, it's a time loop game, but mechanically, it's a time loop game. And yeah, thank like God, I was... Loop. Yeah. I was so terrified uh, that, like, if I got the bad ending, they would, like, erase all my progress and make me restart the game from the beginning. Doesn't like, let you just jump back in? Yeah, once you get to the point where okay. it's like, hey, you are in a time loop, don, 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 it, like, ends. Yeah. You're safe, so. Okay. Yeah, I mean, it's a time loop in the way that, like, the Dark Tower is a time loop, where yeah. at the very end you find out it's a time loop, and maybe now Spoilers it's going to be broken. Spoilers for the Dark Tower. Well, eh, it doesn't really matter. Yeah, it's, um, a, it's, it's, an, old book, it's an old book series if you were going to read it now. And also, real. like, the fact that it's a time loop has, like, no bearing whatsoever on the actual story. Um, yeah. In, in any respect, honestly. It's just, like, yeah. a thing that happens at the end. That makes you feel kind of bad, um, honestly. Um, yeah. yeah. And you know, yeah. I like I said, I I was skeptical of the story and the storytelling for most of the game, but damn, it did it if it didn't really pull it out at the end. <laughs> like the end kind of justifies most of the rest of the, the narrative. So yeah, the end I'm really cool does justify the narrative, and even you know, even before that. Um, like I had mentioned, like Ray's a little too talkative for my taste, but it is good that that she is that she talks, you know, at all because you do see as the game progresses, like her her you know the mounting desperation, like yeah. she's gonna do whatever it takes, even if it's a really bad idea, and yeah. that really gives an insight into you know why she's still here, why she's still in this loop because she's so determined. Um, you know, at, at the expense of really everything else. Um, yeah. Yeah. So it works. Yeah, it's good. Um, yeah, no, I, at the beginning, uh, when there was like this whole, there's like a lot of info dump exposition at the very opening. And I'm like, all of this seems like not necessary context for me to know in order to enjoy this. Like, are you sure you couldn't have just done it? Like hyperlight, where you just like show me a black hole sucking in a planet and then drop me in without dialogue. Like that would have been cool. Um, but you know, it, I feel yeah. like with, I feel like with a lot of it, they could have just done that. Um, mm -hmm. You know, especially, and this is like this is a very minor gripe, but I'm gonna say it anyway. Like a lot of the names for things, like the Ultra Void, the Star Seed, the Anomalies, the Remnants. Like it just feels like kind of placeholder names like yeah. very generic and it's like i don't really need an explanation as to like like yeah what, there's big boss the monsters they're they're covered yeah. in icky black goo i know that i have to destroy them you don't need to tell me that like yeah, yeah. And, and and even narratively like all they really have to do is lay out the fact that like this is interfering with the star seed this is interfering with sid you gotta you gotta you gotta fuck it up so that it stops like yeah i don't need yeah. I don't need Sid's like deep analysis of the temperature fluctuations upon the surface of an anomaly. Like, yeah. And granted, yeah, a lot of that is in just like dialogue menus that you can totally ignore. 
Uh, but yeah. if I see a dialogue menu, I'm not going to ignore it. I'm going to exhaust every single option because that's the way that my brain is broken. Yeah, it it really uh, makes me appreciate the um the very efficient use of text and dialogue in Shadow of the Colossus because they communicate a lot, but there is not a lot of dialogue game. <laughs> There's like you know. The, the short conversations you have with Dorman, there's like one conversation you have with the evil god at the beginning, basically, where you're like, hey, uh, this girl shouldn't have died. Can you like revive her so you like know what the stakes are? And Dorman's like, yeah. I got you. And then there's like a part like later towards the middle where like the ancient priest comes on and he's like, actually, this was a bad idea. Um, and <laughs> you're like, OK, cool. And like, that's yeah. pretty much it. Yeah, like we don't we don't need the main character saying, "I think the monster is scared," because yeah. you know, like you, you get that you, you see conveyed. it conveyed. Yeah, um, but it's fine. It's like you know, it it's. I do think this game probably could have gotten its point across with a lot less dialogue. But as you say, I do think they made good use of what they had in terms of like seeing the change over time. Where you're like, oh, she starts out like so hopeful and optimistic and like determined to save her planet. And then she gets like more and more desperate over the course of the game. And she makes a bad mistake with Sid. And you really like feel how fucked up that is. And it makes it makes sense, too, because, you know, throughout the game, she is finding out that her entire team is just dead. Yeah. Like that would make anyone, I think, desperate knowing by the end, knowing that you are, it's all on you. You're the last hope. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Good game. Solid game. game. Do play Very it. Very good game. Yes, absolutely. 100%. Like, this is like a no reservations recommend for me. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I mean, yeah, I guess if, if you're the sort of it's person good. who gets like very like tense with action games and you don't like any pressure and you just want to do like low-key puzzle games or whatever then maybe i wouldn't recommend it but other than that yeah pretty solid like 100 percent recommend on this i think uh this game has diff does this game have difficulty i feel like there was a difficulty uh, it's, it's, yeah it does but the menu thing okay. says like it reduces the difficulty of boss fights okay. um so it like gives you more leeway for the boss fight stuff um i don't think it affects a lot of the rest of the like in-game parts. It, it was okay. like boss fights and one other thing, and I can't remember what that one other thing was. I'm guessing it's was it, probably the anomalies, but was it boss fights and like enemy health? I don't I don't remember either. I just remember seeing it. Something. Um, yeah. I think you still Which... have to do the platforming, but it's probably you know easier. The platforming is probably easier if uh, if you don't have the pressure of like enemies yeah, and stuff anyway. So if you're less time pressured, probably for sure. Um, yeah. Anyway, that's just there. That's an option. If it sounds stressful, there is that option. Yeah, and I um, never ended up trying the, like, uh, boss fight difficulty reduction, but it was in the back of my mind when I was losing a bunch at boss fights. Were like, I could always turn on reduced difficulty if I need to. Or, like, I can always, like, switch costumes to the one that gives me, like, double better power. But well, I don't think that actually matters for the oh, yeah, boss that doesn't fight. Matter for the boss fights. Um, That's true. But like you know, ones that give me like better cooldown on my time slip or better better cooldown on my boost, um, right? Like I'm like I could you know 
I, I have mitigating factors I could do if I want to, but I never ended up using them because I just kept trying the, the fight again. And I, it's funny, I failed a lot more, I think, on a lot of the earlier boss fights. A lot of the later boss fights I finished with fewer retries because I was just, I had gotten it by then. I was in the groove. I, like, understood, like, when to let the game control the camera and when to boost and, like what it wanted from me and once once you once you make you know shake hands with the game and <laughs> it treats you right it's good yeah that is that is really a big thing um which you know i don't i i don't i i can't think of a lot of other games that would ask you to you know to give up as much control for the sake of the game doing what it needs to do as this has done you know, usually yeah, there are a lot like... of like cam cameras swing around the camera to show you where the next thing you need to go to is because you don't have time to do the camera manually. Yeah, you're not going to be able to like look for the next thing when it pops up. You got to just let the game show you where it is. Yeah, you kind of um, have that's... to trust it a little, which is yeah, hard. Yeah, that's definitely jarring and not what I'm used to from any game. But like, it is, you know, it is cool that you can just say, okay, yes, I trust the game. Um, a lot of times I feel like you can't trust the game. You can't trust the game at all. But it is, it is, it is nice to be able to just say, like, okay, you're going you're gonna to lead me to where I need to be, and I trust you. Um, yeah, definitely. All right, any last final thoughts on the game before we go to what's next? Go and do our new one? No. Carl? Yeah. Nope. Cool. All right play Solar Ash. But meanwhile, yeah. um, for our next game, we are going to be playing Subnautica Sub-Zero. Uh, A.K.A. Below Zero. Below Subnautica zero. Below Zero. I even have it open and I was reading off read the name wrong. Um, yeah. Uh, I feel like we're going to yeah, Subnautica. I feel like we're going to be doing that a lot. It's going to be yep. Subnautica Subnautica Sub-Zero, Subnautica Below Zero. We could just call it, you know... Below, below Nautica Sub-Zero. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah, it's, uh, you know, it's by Unknown Worlds Entertainment and Shiny Shoe LLC. It's, uh, it's more Subnautica. What do you want? I did a whole, uh, like, Let's Play of on my Twitch channel a while back and got very scared. Uh, I was so scared, in fact... That at a certain point in the game, I like hit some level of zen where I had hit my max threshold of scared and couldn't be more scared, and I just like broke through into this weird zen mindset. It was it was a strange experience. Um, but yeah, we're playing this. It's probably gonna take more than two weeks if I have to guess, because it's kind of a long game. But I it's on Game Pass, and I've been looking for an excuse to play it for like a few weeks now. Uh, I don't know if I'm going to stream it this time, but yeah, it's Subnautica. You go underwater, you are exploring a planet. Um, there's presumably a narrative of some kind that you're uh, exploring. I will say with the original Subnautica, it had one of my favorite um, ever just like format and balance of how to tell a linear narrative in an open world game. I was really impressed with their skills with that. So we'll probably end up talking about both games uh, when we talk about this, because all of us have played the first one. Uh, and actually, Kelso and Carl have all already played some or all of Below Zero. So it's mostly just going to be me 
that's fine. I'll look, I I played the first game twice. I think the first one I played it with survival mode on, and the second time I played it with survival mode off, so I could just kind of dick around and build. And that's probably what'll happen with this one, is I'll play it again with survival mode off, so I can just dick around and build. Yeah, fair enough. So it's fine. Like, I'm not, not upset at all playing this yep. game again. Yeah, also, I'm yeah. moving, so like I need I need all the time I can get. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're you're in the middle of some shit. It's yeah. fine. We don't expect you to spend a whole ton of time uh, on the game. Um, yeah, and it's it's got you know resource collection and base building and like studying underwater creatures on an alien planet and like cool narrative stuff and I don't know. The first one was very beautiful, even though I was very scared of it. Uh, because I'm not because I'm scared of like the creatures underwater. That was less a problem for me than just the idea of going to a certain depth and like the crushing pressure of it um, is inherently frightening to me. Um, but I'll try and get over it for this play. <laughs> we'll see. I think I think you will. I think you will have the same experience that we had, where you know you are like you're a veteran at this point, <laughs> and it, it it is a little bit easier to to get through. Um, but who knows? I'm also, there's there, penguins. There are yes. penguins. You do you so yeah. You are going back to planet from the first game, as I can tell. Um, but you are going to a completely different region with all new uh, critters and and plants and things. And so in the last game, I had a hoverfish that was my best friend that I kept in a tank. And every time I finished, I would come back and tell him the story of what I had done that session. <laughs> Um, and then I took him to space with me. So I'm guessing they probably don't have hoverfish anymore. Sad, but I will find a new to be my friend for the playthrough. Something cute that I can keep in a little fish tank by my bed. I don't remember if... I'm trying to remember if any of the fish are the same. I think some of the fish are yeah. the same. Some um, of the fish are the same. Are there I hoverfish? Remember. I don't remember. I don't remember. Uh, if there's a hoverfish, I'm absolutely getting Wilson back. And I'm pretending that he's the same Wilson that I went to space with before who decided to come back with me. You're a different character in this game than you oh, were in the okay. first one. Oh, okay. All right. Um, we'll, have a different, maybe, we'll have a different Wilson. Maybe, yeah, maybe, like, maybe the character from the first game uh, gifted Wilson to this, this, um, the, the new girl in this game <laughs> or yep. something. I'm sure we can come up with a way to yep. make... Make I also Wilson did. I also famous. did get another. Um, I also did get another hoverfish that I left in a time capsule with a message like, "This is a friend, and this friend kept me company the whole time. Please let it keep you company, also." So Aww. we can say it was like you know a friend fish that this character found. Yeah. Um, something like that. Anyway, absolutely. So Subnautica <laughs> below zero, nominally two weeks, almost certainly might be like. Four Depending on, like, the last one took me, like, 80 hours. So we'll see. Yeah. Six months later. <laughs> yeah, right. So if you don't hear from us for a little bit, like, that's, it's because it's taking a while. And, you know, what are you going to do? These are big games. Yep. So. We can play, we can play a big game occasionally as a treat. Yeah. Yeah. We deserve it. God damn it. <laughs> anyway. Yeah, that's uh, all for now. Uh, play Solar Ash, play Subnautica. We can do plugs now. Yeah. Um, hello, I'm Kelso. You can find me on Twitter. Um, 
at Kelso Time Bomb. I, maybe should I post pictures of the the, the fireplace that I whitewashed? Sure. Maybe maybe I'll do that. I don't know. Maybe I want to see pics of pictures. your various home renovation. I also want to see the coffee table you put together. Oh yeah. Okay, I'll post pictures. It's it's just a coffee table I bought off Amazon. It's listen. Fine. I am not moving, so I will vicariously live through you setting your space. Okay, that works. That's fine. Cool. I'll post the pictures later. Uh, and if you'd like to play Subnautica with us and come talk to it, uh, us about it, there's a there's also a podcast Twitter. Oh yeah, there is. A, oh gosh, uh, I'm so, my brain's so full of stuff. Uh, yeah, you can follow the podcast Twitter at Feedback Force. Keep keep up to date on um, what we're doing, what we're doing next. Or come come chat with us. Uh, come chat with us on the Discord. There's also a link to the Discord there. And uh, mm -hmm. yeah, come hang out, suggest games, talk about the games we're currently playing, whatever yeah. you like. Come join us on an episode, even if you're feeling extra frisky. That's something yeah. you can do. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then uh, you could get to my personal Twitter, at Kyla underscore go. Um, I tweet, like, personal stuff and game dev thoughts. Um, not I get the impression that not a lot of people read the game dev thoughts, but it's fine. Um, and then uh, you can follow the game I made, Tactics Club, on Twitter, at WinterTC. Uh, and it is available on uh, Switch, Xbox One, PS4, and presumably 5 through backwards compatibility. Uh, yeah, please play my game, Winter More Tactics Club. It's a good game. You'll like it. I promise. It is a good game. You will like it. Promise. <laughs> Promise. And you can find me on the Twitter at Cug3. Very cool. Until next time, I guess. Yeah, whenever, whenever that next is. Time. Yeah. Bye, folks. See you later. Thanks for listening. Bye bye.